If I'm so not the movie's fully... just picked an arbitrary date and been like, ooh, it's scary. Saturday the 27th. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Today's date is Friday, September 13th. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde, for our week two preview and a little bit of uh, DFS talk. Uh, Mr. Valverde, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, finally getting over this nasty cold that I've had for the last four days, and uh, the San Francisco Giants... Triple A team, River Cats, look like they're going to be champions. They're they're doing well, so that makes me feel good. So everything is working out well. What's a River Cat? How did they come up with that combination? Because it's cats by the river. The Air Lobsters of Florida. Yeah, I like I like what was it the the water the water squids or whatever you came up with. Yeah, like the water the water platypuses or something. Yeah, that was it. And they all have that too. If if you look across uh, minor league baseball, they've got the the greatest names. I mean, they're all just like exactly like that, except for the Durham Bulls. They're they're pretty boring, but other than that, it's 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 really fun. Yeah, if you haven't seen the Montgomery Biscuits, look it up. Evan, how's your day going today? Okay, so I'm standing in line at the Walmart, and in front of me is a little person, and uh, we're just standing there waiting in line. And all of a sudden, flying by me, someone was on the, one of those scooters they give in Walmart. It was flying by me. I guess they forgot they mixed up brake and gas or something. Because they, oh, no. they, bump, they bump the little person who falls to the ground. And then the scooter crashes into a big rack of lollipops, which goes everywhere. And the scooter tips over. Everyone was okay. In fact, me and the little person were laughing about it. But, yeah, that was weird. That, that, was that seems story. like that's a, that's a one-in-a-lifetime uh, uh <laughs> sequence of events <laughs> i don't i don't anymore i don't partake in how you say uh herbal therapy i think uh, <laughs> that conveys it but because uh, i don't I, that's not the uh, the way i want to spend my time anymore but uh, right then i thought you know i really wish i was stoned right now good goodness <laughs> like, this would take on a whole new level you would have you would have freaked out so the with the person on the the scooter like they what happened <laughs> they were okay too they got helped up uh, i guess they they said they're like oh i thought that was the brake or something I, I don't know how these scooters work and people mm-hmm. got them people got people were okay that was my first concern i'm like oh my gosh did i just watch people get hurt i don't yeah that's... I'm, because i really want to laugh but i'm not going to laugh if people got hurt i'm going to help oh my goodness yeah and that's so... your, your your heart and your, your heart and your stomach sort of deal so yeah. all right so um, so yeah, today, uh, like I said, it's episode 46 of the podcast, September 13th, week two preview. And, uh, we're going to talk a little Thursday night football as well. And we each got a DFS lineup and, um, uh, no spoilers, but I'm, I'm pretty happy about how last week, uh, turned out. Um, so if you found us on the website, uh, you can go ahead and re- subscribe to us on Apple music, iHeartRadio, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you get podcasts. If you do that, please, we ask to you rate review. Um, if your service allows that, it does uh, kind of help us with the ranks. Um, beer sheets are dead, um, unfortunately, but we do Long still have Beer Street. Sorry? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just said, long. whenever someone says something's dead, I say, long live beer sheets. Okay. 
Um, we do have a beer sheet shirt uh, and mugs and, and stickers. I have a sticker on my laptop right now. Um, uh, it, there will be a link to the Tee Public in the description. Um, we do have some supporters. Last week I screwed up and stuck these guys in the middle of the episode, so I'm going to stick them right back at the top where they belong. So to our absurdists, uh, you guys got individual callouts last week, so I'm going to do these all at once. David R., Chris T., Sean B., Denise H., and Colin M., Thank you so much for being absurdists. Uh, we do have a new absurdist this week, Jeremy I. However, that's my wife's cousin, and I am not going to encourage his behavior. All right. If you'd like to support us in our growth, you can go to patreon.com slash footballabsurdity, or you can click the support button at the top of the website and become a patron. Uh, our patrons uh, have access to a second episode a week on Tuesdays, uh, which includes our Thursday night preview, a review of the previous week's game. Uh, any mailbag that we end up having will be on there and other mis miscellaneous uh, items. Uh, we also do have a patrons-only channel on the Discord uh, for uh, instant advice is what I call it. Uh, that does take priority. Uh, if you want to just join the Discord, join our fellow absurdists in some awesome chat, you can join at tiny.cc slash absurdity. We're also brought to you by Draft.com. Uh, Draft.com promo code Absurdity uh, will get you uh, a free token for a $3 entry with a $10 deposit, and it helps us out a lot. Um, if you want to ask us any questions to the podcast, you head to that uh, Discord channel, which was tiny.cc slash Absurdity, and there is a podcast questions um, server or channel on the Discord server. So, um, guys, Thursday Night Football. Um How'd that go for everybody? <laughs> Thursday night at the Wax Museum. You can't make two Wax Museum references. Nobody does anything. Do you, do you have any references that aren't Wax Museum? Well, that one, one was applying to baseball, which is a different kind of standing still. All right, Mike, how was your Thursday night football? Uh, yeah, I'm not really into garbage all that much, so... Uh, <laughs> I have right, to, then, I then, pass. If you're not into garbage, then what about your fantasy football teams? Well, unfortunately, I had both Cam Newton. Well, DJ Moore did well, so I, I'll tip the hat to that one. But, yeah, I have Cam Newton on my home league. And so two weeks now, he has not thrown for a touchdown. It, that's not good. Yeah. So I told you guys before the podcast, I got tricked by Cam Newton. I got tricked by a lot of footage of him looking great in practice, and his form was spot on and unfortunately he's gone back to his awful form where he doesn't use his legs very well and because his shoulder is all jacked up he 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 can't do anything like it's wild you the deep balls last night it was like he was throwing three flies up balls they were just these big looping balls that kind of landed somewhere in the general vicinity of where there were players so it's uh i mean concerning is is to say the least, but at the same time, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, both had good games in PPR. So it's like, like you can't be upset from 89 yards on nine catches from DJ Moore, or five for 91 from Samuel, or six for 110 from Greg Olson. So it's wild that like he's supporting his weapons, but I mean, Cam Newton seems droppable right now. Uh, a lot of his stuff uh, was was tied up in his running and. Uh, he had two carries for zero yards yesterday. So he it's, didn't carry it with like six inches in the game on the line. That yeah, the, that was why. Why can't he just carry it once? That was the that was the uh, spotlight um, yeah. moment. Yeah, they ran a trick play direct snap to Christian McCaffrey when it was fourth and one, and if they got the one, they would have three shots at the end zone, and it was like fourth and in, in, in you know a, a, a foot. 
and they they didn't put their giant bruiser quarterback back there. Well, you know, most of the time they have done that. I'm I'm not going to I'm not going I don't believe in in introspecting those kind of plays because you know, why why did Seattle throw on second down during the Super Bowl or why you you know what I mean? Is it's I don't or why why did Jacoby Brissett last year come in for Andrew Luck to throw the the Hail Mary pass? It, because Andrew Luck's you, arm was still screwed at that point. He no, his his arm was fine. Not um, at that point, it wasn't. Yeah, no, he was fine. Um, it it it's just those things where you just look at it. I don't want it. now. Could there be something to? I'm not saying there's not anything to it, but what I'm saying is don't don't overlook it. Don't 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 investigate it as as in something that's serious. Um, but obviously you, you, you want to keep your ear to the grindstone kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't take it very seriously. They, they might've done it because they thought it was the best play at the time. Not have anything to do with Cam Newton. I don't know. We don't know. Only they know. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, Cam Newton only had two rushes yesterday and he had, um, he only had a handful of rushes in week one. So uh, a lot of it, he had three in week one. A trade to Mike, Mike Ham Newton, for any hot garbage he'll any give garbage. right now. So, I mean, it is concerning for Cam Newton to have two games into the season, five rushes for negative two yards. So maybe not that particular yes. pay, play is concerning. Right. But the, his overall usage is concerning. And I no, wonder if, absolutely. Absolutely. He's not running yeah. the ball at all. At all. And when he does, it's not going anywhere. So... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to deny that for sure. I, I just don't want people to overanalyze something that over one play. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's easy to do. It's sort of like WebMD. You look up a symptom, and pretty soon you're you're you know down the foxhole with with God knows what. So um, yeah, it, it, his play overall, you're absolutely correct. It, it's it's really bad. Well. <laughs> I wouldn't even say really bad when compared to the other quarterback in this game. Jameis Winston, 16 for 25, 208 yards and a touchdown. Looked lost out there a lot of the time with just throwing up junk balls. Um, just balls that couldn't be caught by his, his receivers. And, um, I mean, uh, Mike Evans had two touchdown potential touchdown passes where if it was pretty much any other quarterback, he would have had two touchdowns. So, I mean, is Jameis droppable at this point for you guys? Thursday night, I'm still clinging to hope. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop him. Uh, I, just because of that, Bruce Arians' offense is so deadly. But he's definitely someone that you're, you're flagging, you're red flagging, and going, okay, I'll give this guy, you know, a couple more tries and see if he can get it together. But you know, Bruce really, Arians actually. Co- oh, sorry, Mike, continue. No, go ahead. You know, Bruce Arians actually coached uh, Davis Winston when he was very young. Uh, apparently, see, he was the one who first saw potential on Jameis Winston as like a, a preteen, and and kind of fast tracked him. So I, I, in a one quarterback league, if you drop him, I'm not going to blame you. But I've got him in a two quarterback league, where it's minus four points for interception, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride it out. Uh, so I what you're saying. what you're saying though is Bruce Arians did this to us. This is all his fault. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Dang. <laughs> Bruce Arians unleashed this horribly uh, inconsistent quarterback on the land. Um, so OJ Howard, um, no catches, no targets. Howard uh, the goose egg. Yeah, Howard the Howard the <laughs> Howard the duck egg goose egg. 
Uh, anyways, um, so OJ Howard, um, what are we doing with him, guys? Because this is two bad games for him. You know, I would I would look to trade high uh, if you can, if someone you know knows the fact that OJ Howard is is not been active. The Bruce, I don't I can't remember when Bruce Arians has activated the tight end position as, as something that's essential in his offense because most of his offense goes downfield. So, you know, there's not many, maybe Gronkowski or Gonzalez that actually are downfield threats. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't see Howard being a very productive tight end in, in that Bruce Arian system. Well, yeah. It seemed to develop a few unexpected tight end successes there on the waiver wire. You know, Hawkinson was there. Walker is in the waiver wire in some of my leagues. I'm hoping this week we'll develop a few more, and I can, I can just swap him out. Yeah, I think he's droppable. What were you saying, Jeff? Oh, I was gonna say, um, you know, that was brought up in the off season, but, uh, you know, Narrative Street people were saying, uh, well, you know, what tight ends did he have? Jermaine Gresham, or uh, I think he had Heath Miller in uh, um, Pittsburgh. I think they overlapped there, and it's like. Um, yeah, but at the same time, uh, you know, downfield threats are, are a big part of the Bruce Arians offense and Howard is that threat for a tight end, but not overall, you know, it's, it's he's not, uh, you know, Mike Evans or, or Chris Godwin. So, uh, the one guy that actually had uh, a good game for, uh, Tampa Bay, um, in the passing game was Chris Godwin. And he was a big sleeper for, he was like the industry sleeper to the fact that, to the point that he stopped being a sleeper. So, um, I mean, where does, is Chris Godwin like uh, top 15 for you guys, uh, rest of the season top 20. Cause he's, I mean, we've seen the, the Buccaneers offense, um, likely bottom out here Two just really bad games. Um, I mean, uh, three interceptions last week, uh, just an up and down passing game this week. And it's, it's only got to get better. So, um, what do you guys think for Chris Godwin going forward? He's been an auto start for me in the leagues where I own him, and obviously I'm not changing that. Set and forget? Yeah, even even before week one. Even before week one. All right. Yeah, so um, so I think actually when you look at it, um, except for Mike Evans and the quarterbacks, the guys that you would have played, or and Christian McCaffrey, which we're not worried about, the guys that you would have played in this game um, kind of did what they would have done unless you fell for the siren song of Ronald Jones II. Yeah. Uh, I think it was rap sheet lied to us that there were reports that he was going to get more touches this week. He got fewer. He got four touches for nine yards. So good luck with Rojo. Good luck with Peyton Barber. Um, I think that this running game is going to be truly uh, frustrating to own all year long. And that's pretty much what I have to say about the the Bucks running game is, is me throwing my hands up in the air. Yeah. There, and, and it seems to be that there's like one, running back that's going to get the the, the spotlight it, it's not like a, a mixed bag with philip Lindsay and royce freeman kind of carries where you know one's going to get like 12 and the other one's going to get 10 it seems like there's only one quarter one running back that is riding the hot hand so you don't know who to trust and both are bad so you know it, it's not a good situation yeah uh, they're like the new new england yeah because uh yeah they're but I, I, it's like New England, you wouldn't know who would be good, but it, it's not necessarily that either one of these guys is going to be good. Because, I mean, Peyton Barber got 82 yards and a touchdown and t- tossed in seven receiving yards, but he had 
he took him 23 carries to get 82 yards. It's not like he was good even. It was just like, oh, he ended up with fantasy points. So. And if you take out that one 20-yard run where Carolina just blew the coverage in the middle, uh, it's 22 carries for about 60 yards. Yeah, it's 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 real bad. <laughs> it's real bad there in Tampa. And, um, you know, you can't justify benching Mike Evans, but I don't see an, uh, and you can't justify benching Chris Godwin, but OJ Howard, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones. I mean, they're all wait and sees. So it's like, that's, uh, that's what you got to do with Tampa. And in Carolina, I mean, like I said earlier, the, the big guys got theirs except for Christian McCaffrey. And that's going to happen every once in a while with, with, uh, with McCaffrey. He just got stuffed 16 carries, 37 yards, two catches for 16 yards. Um, just going to take your lumps uh, after how great he was week one. You, you're, you're a little disappointed, but on the whole, he's played pretty good this year. Well, and I think that's another effect that you're going to see if Cam Newton can get back to at least, you know, 85%, 90% is the defenses aren't going to stop worrying about what Cam Newton can do because he can't do anything. So they're, they're going to focus all their effort on stopping Chris McCaffrey just alone, you know. Obviously, they're always—he's always in their game plan. But now it's—it's a hundred percent concentration on what do we do with Chris with Christian McCaffrey, and that's not good for for the weeks ahead. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's not good if they can stack the box against him. And I'm checking—he's faced uh, uh, men in the box, uh, eight plus defenders in the box. Uh, it looks like twenty percent of the time this year, one out of every five runs, which is. 11th in the league so and Next some of these get worse and some of these you can tell were, were uh, team choices because number one and number two are carry on johnson and cj anderson so that was last week arizona choosing to just stack the box against matt stafford what's wild is dalvin cook is actually third and derrick henry is fourth so that's guys who had two big weeks week one that they were the the deck was stacked against him so i guess that kind of tells you um you know everything you need to know about uh uh, Kirk Cousins and uh, Marcus Mariota too. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's faced 20% stacked boxes. I don't know if this is updated for last night um, on NFL Next Gen stats. Oh, here we go. Last night he faced only 12.5%. But I agree, Mike. Starting next week, I think it's going to be that number is going to go up to 30, 35%. He's going to face a lot of stacked boxes. So, um, so all right, uh, that's been uh, Thursday night football uh, for week two. And um, we'll move on uh, real quick to some news and notes. And um, I mean, this one's going to be brief because I don't really want to talk about it, but we do have to talk about it. Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, he should just like I have to figure out a way to not like set it so that I can delete an entire page except for a line for our podcast notes every week because it feels like Antonio Brown is in the news every freaking week Uh, this week. I'm just going to say sexual assault allegations. We do not need to go into details. That's not what this podcast is for. Um, He looks like he's playing this weekend. So if he plays this weekend, new offense, they said that he's still learning the offense. Are you guys starting him or are you giving him a week? Or is this a don't sit your stud situation? Didn't they put Josh Gordon on a very limited snap count when he had a similar similar time frame last year in New England? Well, he came over mid-season from the Browns, so he he kind of had hit the ground running. Whereas Antonio Brown's just been doing antics for a month, so oh, I yeah, wonder. So it's, it's, yeah, they might even lower it even yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, because because it's like Josh Gordon was like two games into the season or something when he got traded, and Antonio Brown, like I said, he's just been doing antics. That's all he's been doing. He's just 
we don't have to recap it. So, I mean, is he a flex? Is he a wait and see? Mike, what do you think with uh, 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 Mr. Antonio Brown this week? I, I wouldn't mind playing him as a flex, but, I mean, the guy has, has had to learn how many playbooks in the last, like, two months. I mean, <laughs> his, his remembrance and forgetness has got to be, like, cramming up because, um, yeah, I mean, it's just – too many playbooks for this guy to remember and forget. And so you're saying there's not a lot of overlap between the awesomely coached New England Patriots and the awesomely led Raiders playbooks? Yes, yes. That Gruden offense, man. It's just the same plays, right? (laughs) Go Raiders. That explains all the all the uh, success that uh, John Gruden has had in the last 15 years in the booth. Uh, Just the same offense. So um, yeah, I'm I'm not starting him anywhere this week. I mean, almost out of protest. I, I never, I don't have him on any rosters. Um, that was intentional. Like Evan said last week, it was, I'm not going to draft this headache as high as I have to draft him. And, and yes, he might uh, pay off, but at the same time, we could have this situation where he might not even do anything for you till week three at the earliest. And this was like a third round pick we're talking here. So uh, we knew this was an inevitability that his knuckleheadedness would continue. And here we are. So uh, Hunter Henry, he was a, uh, a top uh, 10 tight end in draft season, top five in some drafts. Uh, he's got a tibial plateau fracture. Curse chart, the curse of the Chargers rides again. Um, it says the Chargers said four to six weeks, but um, uh, there's been reports like this was the same injury that cost J.J. Watt the year last year. And the average um, injury on injury predictor, I wish I had the, the tweet in front of me, is that this was a four to 12 week injury. So four to six is kind of aggressive. So, uh I mean, he's an incredible talent, but in, in most leagues are one tight end league. So, Mike, we drop in Hunter Henry at this point. Uh, if well, if it's a four to six, I think you keep him if you can. If if you're desperate in need of of injury replacement players and that kind of thing, then yeah, he's not. You know, it's just not worth keeping for no points, especially for that long um, to miss out during the season. But if you do have bench room, I, I yeah, I don't see why not. All right. Uh, I hang dropped on. him. By the time <laughs> he comes back, I'll have played enough tad in roulette to have found one of those top six guys that break out every season. Yeah, I think I think Mike's right though. It, it depends on the the depth of your um of your bench. Like I have an eight man bench, and I might. I mean, I probably stash Hunter Henry there for a few weeks until I found out. I mean, um, a couple of years ago, I held on to David Johnson for like twelve weeks because <laughs> they were like, oh, he's com- maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. So it's like, uh, you know, in those deep leagues, you can hang on to him. Um, so he's going to be out Sunday for the uh, Chargers. And uh, Mike Williams might, might be out Sunday. Um, his knee has been bothering him. So that's just something you got to monitor, monitor on Sunday morning um, uh, as the uh, the Chargers uh, take on uh, Detroit. So it'll be a, 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 mor- a morning game, a 10 a.m. game on the West Coast. Um, so you'll know right away um, if you can. This if is what happened. This is what happens when when teams play the Colts. They they get hurt. You you, you don't want to go up against that Colt defense because you're going to get hurt. How 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 was uh what, what kind of hurt did you guys lay on Austin Eckler? <laughs> hey now, we, is we that why everybody? So Austin, is that why Andrew Luck went out after running drills ooh, against his own defense during the ah, ouch. ouch ouch. 
that hurt. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, Austin Eckler probably has a wicked buildup of lactic acid from all that running he was doing all over the uh, all, all over the Colts. So he may have gotten a day off to let his legs rest from from uh, from the marathon he ran up and down the field. All right. So Darius Geis, the guy we said to not draft, uh, went on the IR today because his other knee needed surgery. Um, drop him Jeez. at this point. I mean, I he, said to draft him. You said to draft him. That was so wrong. Uh, Evan, I'm going to chalk that up as a loss for you. Take it. I'll take it right in the chin. Take that L. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I mean, he's a full drop everywhere, right? Well, yeah, he looked good um, preseason, and I'm there with Evan. I I thought he would, and then now he just can't stay healthy. So yeah, he's a definitely drop. Uh, it's just too much time's lost that's going to happen between this injury and his ACL and everything else. And yeah, good riddance. I yeah. like how he got sassy when people were like, well, why aren't, why are you kind of tweaked up in the preseason? He was like, you just don't understand leg injuries. And then, yeah, we kind of do. And you did not. Well, no, he's very well versed in leg injuries, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> fair. He knows fair. them very well. He's very well experienced with them. So um, I, we talked briefly about this next one on the bonus episode. Uh, Tyree Kill out four to six weeks. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, got a dislocated clavicle, almost punctured his lung, had to go to the hospital. Uh, he's out four to six weeks. If you had those speculative Sammy Watkins shares, congratulations. They're paying off for the next four to six weeks, uh, like they did on Sunday. Um, I think they are. I mean, he looked good. Even once Tyree Kill went out, he looked good. Um, he does look good. Yeah, he had he had burst and and considering Sammy Watkins' injuries are like foot and and leg injuries, him with that the burst to run away from everybody, I mean that bodes extraordinarily well. Right up until he gets rolled up and gets a Liz Frank this uh this weekend. Yeah. That's just what Sammy Watkins does. Um, so I mean the big winner for this one, guys, it looks like Mecole Hardman. Uh, yeah. He he. If we roll it back like three four months, um. We had um, uh, a situation where we didn't know if Tyreek Hill was going to be playing this year. And everybody was going out and going, hey, you should get me Cole Hardman. And the um, the Chiefs told us that that was what's going to happen because they traded up into the second round to get him. So um, if you got him um, uh, this weekend, are you going to start me uh, uh, Hardman as the um, Chiefs take on the Raiders? I, I know I wouldn't. Um, I, I think Nicole Hardman, and that was one of the reasons why I said I might with Sammy Watkins, is because Hardman is pretty much a Tyree Kill clone. So the only problem there, of course, is that Nicole Hardman is a rookie, and we, we don't know really what he's going to do. So until we find out what his role in this offense is going to be, then I, I don't know if you can trust it unless – you want to just roll the dice and put him as a flex option or something to that effect um, because that Chiefs offense is – it probably doesn't matter who's who's lining up. They're going to probably get numbers. So, yeah, it's – I wouldn't go anywhere probably than other than a flex. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I'd probably put him on the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and playing the, the – let's let's exercise some caution here. Let's Let's pump some brakes. Playing the Tyreek Hill role in the Chiefs' offense does not guarantee production. Tyreek Hill is one of the one of the singular singularly most outlier players in the history of the NFL. Right. 
So it's like saying that, you know, uh, uh, like if Latavius Murray gets Alvin Kamara snaps, he's going to play like Alvin Kamara. It's it's one of those situations. So I agree. We need to wait and see with Nicole Hardman because there's no guarantee that it's not. Um, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Oh, man, that's that's not good radio. The other guy, the the not Sammy Watkins, not uh, Nicole Hardman. Was it Demarcus Robinson. Oh, Robinson. Yeah. yeah, Demarcus Robinson. It could be him. We'll see. Uh, that's a wait and see for me this weekend. Um, so uh, Joe Mixon is iffy with his ankle. He actually practiced today, so it's it's starting to look good for him to play on Sunday against the 49ers. I mean, not much to say. If you got Gio Bernard plug and play, uh, that's uh, that's a wait and see. And that's another 10 a.m. game, so you'll know right away. Um, so we'll just move past that one. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and um, James Conner, uh, they're both good to go. They missed practice on er, on Wednesday, but they're both good to go today. Patrick Mahomes, good to go. Diggs, good to go. Lev Bell had a really weird random MRI in the middle of the week, which is definitely not what you want. Um, but he seems good to go. Um, if he doesn't go, it's, it's Ty Montgomery who, um, you know, with, uh, out Sam Darnold, which will jump that up. Uh, I don't think if Lev Bell doesn't go, you should start, um, Ty Montgomery cause that jets defense with, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, on the shelf with mono, uh, probably not a team that you want to, to want to look at outside of, uh, Lev Bell this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they're not even like an offensive juggernaut, even with all these healthy players. So, you know, Bell's limited to not very many, not very much yardage. He's he's going to have to make it up through touchdowns, which he luckily got one last week. Uh, it's, it's just not a good situation for any of those players. A lot of people dropped the Cleveland defense last week. You can pick that up and plug it in if you're looking for some easy floor. Well, we said that with uh, Marcus Mariota, too, so uh, we'll see. I, I, I agree, though, that they, they're a must-start if they're on your uh, on your um, your waiver wire just based off of the talent. But, you know, they, they didn't do too great in week one. They let Marcus Mariota go up and down the field. Well, specifically, uh, A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry go up and down the field on them from short passes from Mariota. Um, while we're talking about the Jets, uh, <laughs> have you guys seen Adam Gase's press conference where he describes – Sam Sam Darnold having mono? No. Okay. No, have no. You, have you, Evan? No. Okay. So I assume both you guys have stood on a podium, right? Stood at a podium? Constantly. Maybe for a class presentation or something? All what's, day. What's the worst possible body language you could have at a podium? Closed. Arms crossed. Not facing the camera at all. How about... Mitch Hedberg style. How about arms... Stiff, straight, holding the top edge of the uh, of the the podium, <laughs> shoulders hunched over, wearing a hat pulled down to your eyes, and your head facing down. Oh, that's because like when I do public speaking when I'm drunk. That's that's how he announced that Sam Darnold had mono, and he didn't even call him Sam Darnold. He called him 14. <laughs> 14. And it wasn't like he was he was like 14's out with mono. Uh, so uh, Trevor will be starting, and we'll sign uh, 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 Falk. So it was like he was like, all right, Sam Darnold went out and got a 14 year old's disease and uh, we're not going to be playing him. And um, if you have Sam Darnold, uh, I, I have him in some two quarterback leagues. I'm trying to figure out how to replace him because this couldn't I mean, this could knock him out for the whole year because it's it depends how you react to it, how long it's going to um, knock you out. And we won't know week to week. It's at least a month. 
Could be two, could be three. Well, the, uh, the thing, too, about, about this is that it affects the spleen. And um, it, it the spleen becomes enlarged, so it dips dips beyond the, the rib cage. And any hit to your spleen, you could die. So People have literally died, to, to, to back up Mike's thing, people have literally died going out playing football as quarterback too soon while having mono. Yeah, so it's not, I mean, it would be sad to have Sam Darnold die, and I don't think that that's breaking news for anybody, that it would be sad if Sam Darnold died from a spleen injury. So if it's two months out and the Jets are one in ten, two and two and nine, I mean, he's done for the year. They're not going to, they're just going to shelve him for the year. So that's a huge loss for uh, for the Jets. Um, Quincy Anunua, second neck injury in three years. Dude's got to retire. He's done. Speaking of dudes that got to retire, Demary's, Demarius Thomas is a Jet. Don't expect anything from him this weekend. Uh, probably don't expect anything from him in the near future. Um, so uh, we'll uh, just move on from the Jets. Uh, speaking of teams that play in the Meadowlands, Sterling Shepard uh, still in concussion protocol. He's out. Get him out of your lineups. And um, it will be um, double-digit targets again for Evan Ingram this weekend <laughs> as it's uh, the Jets and uh, and Buffalo. Um, so fire up your ingrams uh, he'll be great uh jordan reed still out of concussion protocol speaking of a guy that needs to just retire he got a concussion three weeks ago and he's still in protocol so um he needs to to step out um vernon davis played well last week are you guys looking vernon davis's way if you're uh if you're desperate as they take on dallas i like I vernon i didn't take any deep I was I was strong except for the OJ Howard league. I went strong at tight end mostly because I just cannot play this game. Because I'd be like, well, do I want to start Vernon Davis or some other jabroni? Oh my god, life's too short. <laughs> life's too short to stream CJ Uzoma. Um, uh, we got a few uh, few more uh, news and notes before we move on. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, who is Nick Chubb's uh, change of pace guy, he's got a concussion. Dearness Johnson will replace Hilliard if he can't go. Uh, second in AAF rushing, but who cares? It's going to be the Nick Chubb show um, on Monday Night Football uh, against the Jets. Um, Tevin Coleman is out for the Niners, which means it's uh, Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida uh, this weekend. Um, Matt Breida played well last week um, after uh, Tevin Coleman went out. Raheem Mostert got some snaps, actually played extremely well. Um, had a huge 18-yard run that was really critical to the Niners' uh, success in that game, and uh, he played well last year. So if he's on your waiver wire, he's a he's a pickup and and stash for me. I wouldn't start him this week, uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, we'll get more to that later. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But just keep it in mind, Tevin Coleman's out. Uh, you're gonna want to grab Mostert as a stash because uh, Brita is brittle, and he's one. Raheem Mostert's one, you know, Matt Breida injury that he doesn't get up from, uh, from being the starting uh, running back for the 49ers. Anything you want to add to the, oh, and Albert Wilson, it was not practicing with a calf injury, but who cares? It's the Dolphins. They're a dumpster fire. They are, they could be one of the worst teams in the history of the NFL. Oh, they're horrible. Anything you guys want to add to the news and notes before Jets we move Dolphins on? Dolphins going to be a suck off. It's what my high school Whoa. <laughs> coach called a dumb. Whoa. <laughs> Phrasing, dude. Phrasing. All right. All right. So if we're not going to we're, we're done with the news and notes and I just want to remind everybody draft.com. Uh, it is uh, snake draft one week daily fantasy. Um, I did it last week. Uh, 
uh, took five minutes to do a draft. You draft a quarterback, uh, two running backs, and two uh, pass catchers, a wide receiver slash tight ends. Takes five minutes, and that's all you got to do. Um, it's it's the best part about the uh, the season, and you can do it every week by drafting. So if you go to draft.com slash absurdity, promo code absurdity, you get uh, snake draft DFS, which is a lot of fun. And um, if you put in that promo code, you get a free $3 token if you deposit $10, and uh, doing that helps us out a lot. So again, uh, football absurdity dot, I'm sorry, <laughs> draft.com slash football absurdity, promo code football absurdity. All right, week two preview, not review, as I put in my notes, because if we could review week two right now, we should all go to Vegas and get super rich. All right, so first one up is me. It is San Francisco at Cincinnati. It's a 45.5 point over under with Cincinnati as one and a half point favorites, which if you know anything about how Vegas goes, uh, the home team gets three points off the bat. So um, it's uh, it means that they're not quite sure what to make of these teams, but they think Cincinnati is better. Um, so what we do for this is uh, we talk a little bit about uh, what we're looking for, not necessarily like, hey, start this guy, sit that guy, though we are going to get into that a little bit. Um, but um, if Joe Mixon can't play, I'm looking at if Giovanni Bernard uh, keeps his, his his hot pace without uh, Joe Mixon, because um, in four games since Mixon entered the NFL, uh, Gio Bernard has averaged 88 and, a, and three quarters yards and four and a half receptions without Mixon. He's only scored a couple touchdowns, but um, that's some good uh, PPR floor for him um, without Mixon. So um, you might want to start him this weekend, or if you want to see if he continues that pace and usage with the new um, offensive system there um, under uh, Coach Taylor. Um, John Ross was number two in air yards last week to Nuke Hopkins. Um, he was a huge pickup. Um, I think that he's a start this week. Um, this is really where we'll see if um, he was for real last week because he last week was the first time he caught more than 50% of his passes when getting more than three targets or three or more targets. So um, he's had bad hands in his career. And if he's fixed that, he's a talented guy outside of his hands. And um, I think that that's really what you're looking for with John Ross. Uh, like I said, he uh, would you guys – let me ask you guys a question. Would you guys three wide receiver league uh, with a flex? Are you going to find room for John Ross this week after his monster week one? Yeah, I would, because I think John Ross is pretty much going to be what uh, AJ Green's role is going. And it, you know, it's hard to trust someone, especially when all well, they ever has done is got injured. But if you could say healthy, I, I think they've got something there. Evan, would you uh, like, Three, like I said, three wide receiver and a flex. Are you looking uh, John Ross's way this weekend? I actually had to make that decision today. And, you know, I went with uh, Dorsett instead. Philip Dorsett. All right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of dependent on if uh, Antonio Brown plays this weekend, if Dorsett ends up being a good play. Because uh, he played well last weekend against the Steelers. He did a good job of getting behind the defense. Uh, personally, I think he's a good start in those leagues because uh, if you look at the 49ers defensive backs, um, they're not particularly fast guys. Um, so their best option is to uh, press him at the line of scrimmage. Like Richard Sherman, classic, uh, you know, modern day press corner. Um, but uh, Zach Taylor, uh, you know, he once was in a room with uh, Sean McVay. So he had that talent rub off on him where he can uh, uh, scheme a guy open. So I think if John Ross gets the football in his hands, it's going to be a chunk play every time because um, these, the 49ers defensive backs are not particularly quick. 
Um, for the Niners, Jimmy G looked like garbage last week. I'll say it. And he put, he faced almost no pressure. He threw a pick six that he stared down a guy. It was not good. We need to figure out what's going on with Jimmy G because everything up until the ball actually gets released looks great. He's he goes through his goes through his progressions, moves well in the pocket. Mullins. Uh, Nick Mullins is garbage. He moves well in the pocket. Um, he's got a quick release. Uh, everything looks good, and then the ball just kind of sails on him. So we need to Jimmy G needs to calm down a little bit. I think you know is his first real snap since his knee exploded. And uh, speaking of real snaps, Dante Pettis got two last week. So in the preseason, we talked about Marquise Goodwin versus Debo Samuel versus. Uh, Dante Pettis. So Pettis is clearly third right now. Debo and Marquise Goodwin, they split targets last week. They each got three targets. So I think the answer to that question right now is who cares? You know, we were arguing and, and discussing who is going to be the number one, but it seems like it's George Kittle. It's George Kittle one and then everybody else who cares. He led all t- tight ends in market share in week one with over uh, 30% of the market share for the 49ers. So um, for this one, what I'm looking for is a 49ers wide receiver to step up. Uh, what the running backs look like if they give Mostert more of a split or if Brita's leg explodes. I mean, we'll see what happens. And then for the Bengals, I'm looking to see uh, what Gio Bernard does if Joe Mixon is out and if uh, John Ross can repeat his week one. So, all right, next one up, Chargers at Detroit. This is a 47 and a half point over under, and it is a straight up pick em. Evan. Is Austin Eckler going to keep running all over Mike's Colts for the second week because they will? He ran over him so much last week that he's still running over him right now. <laughs> yeah, I want to know Eckler. Are you actually a top ten running back? Let's see it. If you see it one more time, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams, you going to get more than two catches this time? Now that Henry's out, maybe. Or is this? Or is his knee going to explode? Yeah, I mean, I'm watching him. He might be drop. He's droppable if he doesn't get have a decent game. Wow, you dropped Mike Williams already? Two catches and Henry's out. Two catches and Henry's out. Something's wrong there. But uh, he's banged up. You got, he was like a top 30 wide receiver. You got to give him some time, man. I give him two weeks. Wow. You're, two weeks. you're exercising extreme patience with Mike Williams, I God. see. God. Uh, Virgil Green, hey, do you feel like existing? <laughs> tenth year, tenth year breakout, is that a thing? The rare tenth year breakout. The tight end who's backing up Hunter Henry, and now I guess might be something. I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of Virgil Green talk, but my advice is don't even pick him up off the waiver wire. It, I'm 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 furrowing my brow and shaking my head, and I assume Mike's doing the same thing to Virgil Green, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. So I just uh for discard people ask about Virgil Green. I just have a slide where I just cut and paste his nine years of stats, and they're all just <laughs> horrible. And I'm like, that's my answer. I don't have anything to say. Picture is worth, you know, at least a billion words they're as the saying goes. Garbage. Yeah. And so then on the Lions, that's what I'm watching for in the Chargers. Uh, on the Lions, carry on, carry on, Johnson. <laughs> Lions coaching staff, pull it together, man. <laughs> stop, stop letting C.J. Anderson, the love child of Father Time and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, carry the rock, wow. and let your let your offense break out. You're literally the thing that's holding your decent offense back. Are you gonna get that together? Oh my goodness. Uh, how about I, I can I can spoil everybody's like shock and surprise about Carry On Johnson. Carry On Johnson is not a bell cow bath. 
never will be, never has been. The reason is because a guy just gets injured like all the time. So they're not going to put a, a risk of someone who's talented as Carrion Johnson um, the full load as a bell cow. So expect the same thing that you saw last week with C.J. Anderson um, every week uh, for the rest of the season. Mike, how would you respond to the fact that he had over 300 touches in Auburn in 2017? Did he get hurt? No, he played all 12 games. Okay, well that that was that was that, <laughs> that was the one year. That was the one year that Check broke me. him. Check. <laughs> that was what did it. Also, T.J. Hockmanzada, can you do it again? I, I people are replacing Hunter Henry with me. Great people, people who are on podcasts. So let's see you do it again. Be the next Kittle. That's what I'm watching for in this game. All right. Uh, fair enough. So um, I lost my notes there. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, it's, it's a TJ Hockmanzada. That was Yeah, TJ Hockmanzada killed me. So um, for the Chargers, just a quick note here uh, for the Austin Eckler love. Um, without Hunter Henry last year, um, the running backs got 27 and a half targets or 27 and a half percent of uh, Philip Rivers targets, which is a monstrous share. So I think that um, Austin Eckler, he's going to be huge this weekend. And um, I think I'm, I'm not as pessimistic about carry on Johnson as Mike this week, because uh, Mike should know uh, what did Marlon Mack do last week, Mike? Marlon Mack went ballistic. He was. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever said this. I think one, I might be the one, first. To I think say it was 175 and a touchdown. And Mike, you give him too much credit. It was 174. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> you got to know these things. Come on. Yeah. No, but I mean, Marlon Max the same type of thing where he's he. It's the same profile as Carryon Johnson, where he's he's hurt all the time. So I think. Uh, I think he might. I think he's a good play this weekend. And Mike, you might be right where he's not going to be a bell cow back forever. But I think he could. I think he could do well this weekend against the Chargers defense that's looked suspect against the run. So Right. No, I, I agree with you. I think that Carryon Johnson is a good play against the Chargers defense. It just I don't I don't I don't want people out there to think that Carryon Johnson is is this sole bell cow back as the all the expectations that we thought once they traded Theo Riddick and that it propelled him from like a six round pick to like a third round pick. He's not a third round pick. Uh, that's kind of what I'm saying is is that he's not worth that value. So go back to the fifth round value and and you know so he's a good good you know RB two kind of guy and will perform well, especially against teams like the Chargers. All right, I heard nothing before or after the 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 choice quote of carry on Johnson is the sole running back. That was that was in the middle. You technically said that. So I'm just I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> Next game up, Minnesota at Green Bay, forty four point over under Green Bay, three point favorites. Um I mean, on the Minnesota side it's easy to say, what am I looking for? I'm looking for them to throw more than 10 freaking pass attempts this week. Um, the Green Bay defense crushed Mitchell Trubisky in week one. Um, he only threw for 228 yards and, and a pick, no touchdowns. So um, I don't think Green Bay's defensive backs were really challenged that game because Trubisky 
played really poorly, uh, independent of the DBs, even though the DBs looked really good. So I think it's a good test to see if the Packers defense is one that we kind of have to worry about. But I think Kirk Cousins should outperform Mitchell Trubisky. Um, by th- if he throws more than 10 pass attempts, if he throws less than 20 pass attempts, we got to worry about this whole passing game. If it's going to be this, you know, run back the clock or turn back the clock, run the ball, ground and pound, it's going to be extraordinarily frustrating for the people who own Austin Eckler, Stefan Diggs, uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, the people who own um, Kyle Rudolph should be frustrated because you draft Kyle Rudolph. Um so um, Stefan Diggs should be back. Um, he, if he's at all banged up, Stefan Diggs, he does not play well. He has a history of doing that. So he's not on the injury report this week, so he should be back. And a greater target volume from Kirk Cousins um, uh, should do that. So the big thing I'm looking for, too, is Alexander Madison. Um, Mike, I think you had some some input on Alexander Madison last week. or Oh, you know what? That was Waleed. That was Waleed in the bonus, your, your replacement. Um, but, uh, I think in a non blowout, we need to see how they use Alexander Madison because this one should not be a blowout, uh, to see what kind of, um, usage he gets in a, in a normal game to see if he might have some standalone value. Cause he got, uh, 10 touches last week, but it was a blowout. Um, anything you guys want to bring up about Minnesota in this one? I, you know, I, I think you touched on it with, with Kirk Cousins is, I, I I was I was stunned to see that he only threw I can't remember what you said like twelve passes ten not even 10. twelve ten 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 passes and I I, I it just it's that's just unfathomable uh, especially in today's game as you mentioned so um, I don't think that that's gonna happen um, at least I mean I'd be very very confused on why that's happening because obviously you need a good mixture if you're going to be a successful team so. Um, yeah, until then, then I don't know what what to do with, with that passing offense. Stefan Diggs might be a bust. I'm seeing him floated more often in trades that, that people ask me about than any other player. I think people want to get off that train while there's still some perceived value. That's absolutely wild to me that he's... I mean, it's been one game, and they only threw 10 passes because they blew out the 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 falcons i don't think you can say anything one way or the other about the passing game in that blowout that's wild yeah to that people are already trying to move him um when he was on the injury report and they it's been one game so uh hold on to your stefan diggs's um for the packers uh need to know if this mvs and geronimo allison split continues uh geronimo allison had no targets last week mvs was second on the team with six uh, tied with Jimmy Graham. And um, I think Aaron Jones is going to have another bad week. Uh, Minnesota stifled Devonta Freeman last week to the tune of eight carries for 19 yards and three catches for 12 yards. So after this week, two bad opponents for Green Bay. I think you really need to pay attention to it because you, this whole Green Bay offense uh, could be a buy low because they have two just rough defensive matchups right out of the gate. Um, and then next week, the week, after next, they take on the Broncos. So it could even be a lower buy for you before things kind of start to to look up for you. Yeah, I, I honestly don't see uh, Allison being a factor unless uh, MVS goes out. That's that's pretty much how I how, how I see it playing out. Well, I think it's zero a- targets, zero. Yeah, and it was against against a great defense too, though. So that's I I'm. 
like again, like we said with Stefan Diggs, one game isn't enough to create a pattern. I'm wondering if it, if he got game planned out or what. That's why I want to see this weekend what they do with Geronimo. If it's because we said before, uh, I think three weeks ago we were saying like, what if M- what if MVS gets all the targets week one and Geronimo Allison gets all the targets week two? Like, what are we gonna do? You know, it's it's one of those things. So we got to see what happens there because uh, that could go from a slam dunk slam slam dunk situation. Easy for you to say to uh, a complete mess if Geronimo Allison comes out and gets like seven targets this week or it's it's uh four and four you know so I agree with Mike from what we saw in week one it doesn't look like he's going to be much of anything but um just something this is why that's what we're looking for and that's what I'm looking for in this one um potentially buy lows from the Green Bay offense after a couple of difficult matchups in weeks one and two all right you guys ready for the next game an absolute barn burner Jake Brisket takes on Mark Mariota, Indianapolis at Tennessee. It's a 44 and a half point over under the Titans. The Titans of the National Football League are three and a half point favorites. Mike, what are we looking for in Colts Titans? So this is basically going to be a ground warfare. Uh, Marlon Mack, as we talked about earlier, rushed for 174 yards. The touchdown, a lot of that came on a, a 64 yard gallop that he had which was pretty nice uh and then with tennessee you know they're all about the run game they it's all about how derrick henry does and as as you guys were so happy to mention about austin eckler and him just destroying the indianapolis colts uh run defense did he what did he did he did he do well last week yeah a little bit yeah yeah okay he he, kind of made him look look pretty ugly uh foolish yeah pretty bad and so but you know, the difference here though is austin eckler of course is a completely different back than derrick henry so maybe derrick henry's uh, monster performance that he had last week against the cleveland browns uh, will be a little bit better or i should say worse for him because he's obviously not as quick and fast as austin eckler uh, and I, I honestly, I don't even know what the Cleveland Browns game plan was against against the Tennessee Titans, because whatever it was, it sure didn't work. Yeah, uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, so I, I think it's definitely going to come down to which which team has the better run control. Uh, the Titans are, are not very good against against the run game themselves. They gave up a lot to Nick Chubb. So this could be a very heavy day for running backs and. If you're looking to get both uh, Marlon Mack and Derrick Henry involved, I think you should do so. Uh, and then the other the other thing I'm looking for is wide receivers as far as the Colts. Who, who's going to step up in Devin Funchett's place now that he's going to be out for, I think, four to six weeks? Tackling it's, gummy on a Roomba? Yeah. Oh, my God. That dude is... is whatever um he, he actually caught i think every pass that was thrown his way though so that that was good um he even First caught the one thing yeah he even caught the one uh that was incomplete because it, it was thrown out of bounds but uh yeah he he should have had a touchdown almost um if it was a better throw but yeah is it going to be Deion kane who looked really good uh last week against the chargers or will it be paris campbell um, if you have to put money on any any one of these two guys, I would put it on De'Aaron Kane because, to me, 
Barris Campbell is is just going to be one of those uh, switch Army knives kind of player. They're they're not going to use him as a target as much as they're going to put him in different formations to try to uh, get get the defense involved and put him you know running the ball and those kind of things. Okay, so um, that was a good breakdown of the wide receivers, but I mean the two guys that everybody was arguing about with the Colts this offseason was Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, like. What do you see from week one and what are you looking to see in week two from Jake Brisket and these guys um, for the uh, for the, the the tight ends here? You're, the situation here, I think, is that with both being healthy, they're going to cancel each other out. The volume is, is not going to is not going to work. It's, it's almost like saying, I don't know if you guys ever play poker out there, but like if you have like an ace 10 and the guy next to you has an ace 10 and you're both all in, the The chances are that an ace or a 10 showing up is, is pretty minute. So they cancel each other out. And both, I believe that both Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle are the ace 10 at the tight end position. They're both worth something when one of them is hurt. But together out there, the, the volume just isn't worth anything. You heard it here first. Football Absurdity owns Mike Valverde is looking for one of the tight ends to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> he's out. For, he's out for blood. Uh, so, all right. So um, that puts the uh, the Colts to bed. So um, what are you looking for from my notes went away? <laughs> what are you looking for in uh, in this uh, for Tennessee? Well, I think one thing you have to look for is Derrick Henry and how how much how good he really is. You know, he he, he tore up Cleveland. Um, I think it was like a 4.5 uh, average, 4.3. Uh, a lot of that was on a screen pass uh, to a 75-yard touchdown, which I don't know. It kind of reminded me of of the uh, Little Giants video of the, of the what was it called? The uh, annexation of Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, yeah, baby. And that, that one heavy dude at the end who's, who's carrying the ball towards the goal line. And he's like, you can hear him. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> I, I, just, I just had that sound effect watching Derrick Henry run 75 yards. He, he was just, Oh, Oh, you know? And uh, so yeah, it, it, it's all Derrick Henry show. Marcus Mariota was good, but I, I think anybody was probably going to be good against the Cleveland and we'll, we'll probably see the real Tennessee show up this week, even though they're playing at home. Yeah. So um, I I'm, I'm interested to see uh, cause Corey Davis got blanked last week and AJ Brown had the long touchdown. I'm interested to see uh, if it's uh, the AJ Brown show, or if that was just a victim of circumstance, I want to see what's going on there. Cause uh Maybe Corey Davis has had his time, and that's why they drafted A.J. Brown so high. Just yeah, A.J. Brown sure looked like what Corey Davis was supposed to be. That's yeah, cool. that's exactly. He looks like what he was supposed to be. It's it's um you know, if you want to listen back on our draft podcast, I almost cried on air <laughs> when A.J. Brown got drafted by the Titans because I thought he was just gonna um Corey Davis was just gonna consume all the targets and and a, a healthy Delaney Walker, but. Uh, through week one, it, uh, my tears were unwarranted. So um, next game up, Evan. This one's probably going to be a short one because uh, I think this is a start-all, sit-all situation. Um, New England at Miami, 48.5 point over under. New England 
18 and a half point favorites. Uh, start all Patriots and all Dolphins. Yep, you you've just previewed my DFS lineup. <laughs> uh, let's see, Miami. Evan's got, Evan's got Ryan Fitzpatrick, Albert Wilson. Seven of my <laughs> nine guys. Seven of my nine guys are from two games. Uh, I'm gonna beat you this week too. That's a, that's a spoiler too. I'm not gonna come in last if I came in last. Spoiler. All right, back to the <laughs> Dolphins. All right, Mike Isicki, it's time to catch more than 33% of your targets. Yeah. Second highest targets on the team last week. Do this for yes. us. Do it for football absurdity. Please. Uh, the other thing I'm watching is, is there any chance Preston Williams will be the wide receiver one? Or is Miami's receiving core just going to be the carousel of mediocrity that goes on? Because if Preston Williams emerges again as the wide receiver one, he might be flexible. Uh, uh, but by the time you put him in your flex spot, don't try to bend him to weird proportions. I was going to say, is he yeah. a gymnast? Yeah. Can Kenyon Drake get it going? Can Kenyon Drake get it going, and can Ryan Fitzpatrick learn to make plays before he gets tackled 1.5 seconds after snapping the ball? Ooh, some, wait, real quick. Somebody got yelled at there, though. Oh, <laughs> did you hear me talking to my kids? No, but I heard your child, and then you went on mute, and then I did not hear your child. I was, like, oh, God, I, I was a little forceful. I said, you got to shut up. <laughs> I'm talking here. Uh, I should have said you have to be quiet, but whatever. I don't know, man. Anyway, the answer to all those questions, except for the one about my kid, is probably not because they're playing New England, who has a top defense, maybe the best. As Jeff mentioned, this is the highest point spread I've ever seen in a game that wasn't college football ever. 18 and a half. That's ridiculous. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the New England side, like he said, start them all. Can Brady keep up as a high-end QB1? That's cool. Are Patterson and Gordon going to emerge as every week plays, or will A.B. steal some looks? I'm getting that A.B. is on a limited snap count for the reasons we discussed here in this podcast. And and uh, Dorsett and Gordon are okay, but as time goes along, Dorsett will clearly get phased out because he's not as good as Gordon. Uh, Sony Michelle, last week, 15 carries, 14 yards. According to the Ooh. formula... According to the formula, New England's going to go with him this week because that way you won't know the shell game. What's going on here, you know? Is that going to happen? Is it going to further uh, affirm that you cannot trust a New England running back in fantasy? These are the things I'm watching for, Jeff and Mike. This is what I'm watching for this weekend. I'm looking for signs of life in Miami. Is anybody home? Does anybody care? That's really what I'm looking for because nothing that could happen. I think, Mike, you can agree to me. After we what we saw in week one, unless the Dolphins win, nothing that we see is, is something is something that we can glean anything from. Right. It's just, uh, you know, a looter and a riot sort of situation. All right. So are you but, saying you're going to smoke his butt? Smoke his a looter and a riot. I'm going to smoke his pork butt. All right. Next yeah. game up. Buffalo at the Giants, um, where they actually are playing back-to-back games in the same uh, stadium, which is kind of cool because they played the Jets last week. Uh, Buffalo is one-and-a-half-point favorites, and this bad boy has a 43-and-a-half-point over-under. Um, what I'm looking for is uh, is Josh Allen, what we saw in the first half last week, where he had two interceptions and two fumbles, or is Josh Allen, what we saw in the second half last week, where he had a passing and a rushing touchdown. I'm curious about what he does against a team that's not the Jets, because 
until CJ Mosley went down, it looked like the Jets might be one of the best defenses in the league to go up against. Um, so obviously trickling down from that is, uh, what John Brown looks like, what Devin Singletary looks like. If Devin Singletary comes out and gets 15 carries to Frank Gore's four, oh my God, the fantasy football community is going to lose their collective minds. And I will especially lose my mind because, uh, I have him in Scott Fishbowl and my Scott Fishbowl week last week was real bad. Uh, just, uh, if you guys want a microcosm of how it went, I benched Michael Gallup for, Dante Pettis. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I had a wild hair about that game. I thought it was going to be a shootout. Anyways, I'm also curious to see about what Evan Ingram does against a team that's not the Cowboys. Mostly, was that an Evan Ingram thing, which mostly I think it was, or is, are the Cowboys just that bad against tight ends, or did they let uh, Evan Ingram beat them? Um, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to um, – uh, lock up Evan Ingram this week. Um, I just think he's the monster. He's the guy that's going to do everything. I think he's in for a huge breakout season, but a lot of that is built off of his, you know, uh, tight end top three tight end week from last week. Uh, Giants wide receivers are a mess. I don't think there's anything else in this passing game to glean, uh, in this offense at all to glean because Eli Manning looks bad. The, the, I mean, Cody Latimer is going to get like nine targets this week um, without uh, Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. Saquon Barkley is going to do his thing. Evan Ingram is going to do this thing. So there's not much to look at for the Giants. Um, for the 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 uh, Bills, like I already said, Josh Allen, Josh Brown, uh, John Brown, and Devin Singletary. Uh, Josh, John, and Devin are the three that I'm looking for there. So is there anything I missed in this one that you guys are looking for? No, you know, I, I think, I mean, there's probably only like, Five valid players that you could probably come yeah. with, with both teams here, so it's it's a fantasy nightmare. Yeah, and as and I just traded for Josh Allen, so fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. All right, next one up: Seattle at Pittsburgh. Uh, week one did not go Pittsburgh's way, and uh, week one almost didn't go Seattle's way. It's a uh, forty-seven and a half point over under. Pittsburgh is four point favorites. Uh, Mike, what are we looking for in this game? I, the, I think the the main thing is w- how are the Steelers going to respond after just getting thrashed by the Patriots? That I mean, thirty three to to three. Um, it, there was there. It, it's so surprising to see. I mean, I know the Patriots defense is good, but that that Pittsburgh Steelers offense is good as well. And for them to only put up three points, there's there's a breakdown in in so many different places, so they have to come together. Uh, John James Conner can't just get 21 yards on 10 10 carries. Uh, Dante Moncrief can't just drop balls all over the place. Uh, I mean, Juju Smith had had a, a good game, but it definitely wasn't a great game. Not anything that you paid the price for to to get him on your team. So, how well they can sort of regroup and come back is going to be key. And then for Seattle, it's, it's all about the run game. Uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny and how well they can do against that Pittsburgh front that only allowed 99 yards on 29 attempts. So even, even though the Patriots ran the ball a lot, they only gave up 99 yards. And then you can look at how well that defense did against someone who's a pretty good running back himself and Sony Michelle, and he only got 14 yards on 15 carries. So it's, 
they 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 can definitely stop that run. And if they they can do that against Seattle, then that's going to force Russell Wilson to revert back to the old Russell Wilson, and that's not the way their offense works. So. Those are the things what I'm looking at. Uh, can Ben Roethlisberger be something without Antonio Brown? You know, um, that's that, that's another question to be answered. We will see. Uh, one note that I had for this game, I was looking at target market share. I got curious because Chris Carson had a lot of targets. Um, he had almost six times as many uh, targets than he had last year in, in, in the games. He had uh, 6% target, sh- target market share last season, and last game was 35%. So just to piggyback on what you're saying, I'm curious if if this is a new element to how the uh, Seahawks work, if Chris Carson isn't just a, a bowling ball, if he's actually going to be an involved part of the passing game, um, because that would be interesting because uh, Tyler Lockett had two targets. And if they're not throwing the ball a lot and they're throwing it to the ty- to the running back and they're throwing it to DK Metcalf, I think seven times. Wow. What's, what's going to happen to Tyler Lockett? If he's only, yeah. get, I mean, l- last week he got bailed out because he had a 44-yard touchdown, but it's like, right. whoo. Uh, yeah, if, he, he only had, right, exactly. So that one catch for 44 yards and the touchdown gave him like 11 points. But if, if you don't, if, if you're only looking at his points, then you're looking at something that you're like, oh, okay, well, that's a great game or, you know, solid game. But that's not the case at all. He, he you know, only caught one ball, was targeted twice. So. What is going on with, with those receivers and Russell Wilson? And it's almost like the Minnesota passing game, too. It's these receivers. Are they going to be involved in anything if if the ball, you know, Wilson is only targeting Chris Carson uh, and, you know, another receiver, say, like you said, D.K. Metcalf. That, Metcalf well, that's yeah. that's just going to eliminate, uh, you know, um, Tyler Lockett's involvement completely. Yeah. And um, I think for the the Pittsburgh side, just something to to look out for. Um, uh, James Washington was third in air yards last week. Uh, when they were going deep, they were going to James Washington. And um, uh, Mike, you said Dante Moncrief can't keep dropping balls, and I contend he can keep dropping balls. <laughs> I contend that that is a very high likelihood of something that is going to happen. So that may offense may shift because remember, we didn't know who the second wide receiver was going to be. And we put our chips where they were. And James, if James Washington is going to be top three, top five in air yards, that's somebody you're going to want to take a look at um, in your in your uh, in your free agency period. You won't even have to get him off waivers if he doesn't perform as a stash because um, air yards don't always convert, but they do eventually in big games. So. Uh, just something to keep in mind. Uh, if he catches a couple deep bombs, uh, it'll be two straight weeks that he's gotten a lot of deep bombs. So, speaking of deep bombs, uh, Evan, are you there? Yeah. All right. I thought we lost you. Dallas. No. I, I, I have Kansas City, Oakland, and Dallas, Washington. So I'm like, I do not know where you are going with this. Like. <laughs> Dallas, Washington. <laughs> Uh, Terry McLaurin, 46 and a half point over under Dallas, six point favorites. What are we looking for? Other than <laughs> other than um, the fountain of youth that Vernon Davis is drinking out of. All right. Well, woo woo. I'm all aboard the Dallas train. Next stop, Washington. Oh, my God. Darius, guys, get off the tracks. No. <laughs> anyway, train metaphors aside, can Adrian Peterson remain all day now that it is the twilight of his career? 
Is McLaurin a future stud? The dude was over th- one overthrown pass from topping 200 receiving yards in his first game. Who does that? With Case Keenum as his quarterback, who does that? He might be the number one wide receiver in history if you just base it on that one game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, Jordan Reed's going to be out, so this isn't going to be one of his five starts that he gives us this year. So that's what I'm watching for on Washington. That's that's about it. Uh, with Dallas, just wanted to keep it up. Zeke keep Zeking. Cooper keep Deacon. Dak keep Dakin. Can Gallup make my predictions true and keep up a solid wide receiver two performance? Because he was on my bench in a lot of places, and he was still in the waiver wire, even after waivers cleared a lot. So he might be for our listeners as well. Uh, I'd snatch him up. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm going to stop you. I'm yeah. going to stop you right there. Because you you said Zeke keep Zeking, uh, Dak keep Dakin, and you stop short of the guy whose last name is literally a verb for something that you can do on a football field. Oh, Gallup keep galloping. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to do the one, two, three. I got to do the one, two, three. Yeah. Otherwise, it messes up the tempo. Yeah, so Gallup keep galloping. And, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Roger, you. Roger, it's fine. Roger that. Uh, Dallas D, can you get a few more turnovers and sacks? I mean, they seem to dominate the New York Giants, but they weren't even a top 12 defense. And so, I don't know. I feel like they might be uh, floatable. If they can't get into the top 12 this year, this week, actually, they definitely are. Also, uh, Randall Cobb. Oh, yeah? What do you got? Oh, no. Go ahead. I thought you were done. Just one more. Randall Cobb, are you coming out of the crypt to be a bi week flex? I love it. Keep it going. Number yeah, one fan. Let's see it. If he comes out of the crypt, I mean, that's, that's what, two years since he's been relevant? Quick question, though, Mike. Uh, there was a, a, a young startup tight end on, on the Cowboys. I'm not sure what. I, I want to know what you think of him. He got a touchdown last week, but he only had 15 yards. His name's a. Jason Witten? Jason Witten. Witten. Okay. Uh, no. Um, we can ignore Jason Witten, right, guys? He scored a touchdown last week, but it was it was a, a, a turbo stomp. So we can ignore him, right? No. No? Nope. Wow. All right. Are you starting? Like, where is – where what – for what does Jason Witten have to do this week? Because if we're not ignoring him, that means that there's a like there's a possibility that we start him in week three. So what does a Jason Witten week two game look like for us to start him in week three, Mike? Yeah, I I think that he's he's you know obviously he's he's not going to uh, catch a five yard pass and go ninety five yards. So I would he, love to see that happen. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would really be awesome. Um, with, with, with his helmet off and everything else, that that would be great. Um, but he's going to catch a lot of passes, and in a PPR league, that that that's gold right there. And if he can get into the end zone, then you're just really striking it rich. So, I, yeah, I you know the way that Dak Prescott loves he he loves the players he can trust. And those players run great routes. So when you have Amari Cooper, that's why he's doing so well, um, getting the ball. And when you have Jason Witten, who who can run routes really well, he can trust those guys. And I, I'm not I'm not saying to to start him every week, um, but if you're in a situation where you know you have say uh, I don't know Jordan Reed and Jason Witten and you're streaming or whatever, you know. Um, Though you're you're gonna you're gonna if you're streaming tight ends, Witten makes a great play. 
uh, almost every single time because he is going to at least get you some catches. Counterpoint. No, he is not. (laughs) (laughs) Point goes to Evan. (laughs) No, I get what you're saying, Mike. In a PPR desperation, sure, uh, Jason Witten could have some value potentially. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna start him over like the top five tight ends, obviously. But I'm I'm, I'm not gonna start him over the top twenty five tight ends. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, I just I just I just think he's too far down in the pecking order is is the thing. You know, so he may get five catches for forty three yards. Like, I mean, that's the type of stat line you're not excited for. That's the type of stat line where you go, oh shoot, uh, I don't have a tight end. Uh, I guess I will end up with some points if I drop Jason Witten in there. Like, he's not going to goose egg you. You're right. He has a built-in floor. I just don't know what the heck his ceiling might be. That's that's why OJ Howard, you. That's for sure. Well, that's true. He'll, uh, Mike. Does does Jason Witten outscore OJ Howard this week? He might. Uh, I, I'm gonna laugh. He gets one catch, zero yards, and a fumble. <laughs> yeah, negative two points. And then OJ um, Howard outscores him. Yeah, I mean, like exactly that. That's that's what I'm talking about. Is is his obviously his ceiling isn't you know uh, a great situation. He's definitely boxed in. I mean, his floor and his ceiling are pretty much touching each other. So, but you're you're going to get you're going to get production, and when you're playing in a tight end. Uh, splot, spot the splots again splot. um return of the splot the return of the splots um uh, then the splot. you're 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 looking at so many different things after after the top five you're you're pretty much throwing anybody out there um blake jarwin or whoever and but i can say jason Witten is going to get you points where i can't say someone like blake jarwin um just because i'm looking at the name uh is going to do so uh next week Okay. Evan, you got anything to add? Nope. All right. Well, Jason, I'll give you this, uh, Mike. Jason Witten can't be worse this week than he was on every single Monday Night Football last year. Next game up is Arizona at Baltimore. Another 10 a.m. game. We're not out of the 10 a.m. games, guys, because there's only a four 1 p.m. games. So it's a 46.5 point over under. Baltimore, 13 point favorites. Um, What I'm looking for, and this is going to, I'm going to keep this short and short and sweet what does baltimore look like when they're not playing the worst defense in the history of the universe um you know is it still hollywood brown getting a ton of stuff because boykin scored a touchdown mark andrews popped in the second half but are we still gonna like what is what does the baltimore offense look like against don't get me wrong they're a bad defense but not one of the worst defenses in the history of the universe because we saw some unusual things that we didn't expect last week because we saw um, well, Hollywood Brown balling all out. Um, we saw Lamar Jackson have a huge game without running the ball. And uh, we didn't see a lot of involvement for Justice Hill for a team that had, you know, shared touches last year. Justice Hill only had seven rush attempts. So I want to see what they look like in a normal game because it kind of feels like Baltimore uh, for the first game of the season, they went into Madden, they put the sliders on, you know, rookie and just through the ball every single play. So I'm really curious on what they look like against a normal team, like a normal bad defense. Like does Lamar Jackson run more? Is there more short passes to miles Boykin over the middle? Um, or, you know, like a guy like Willie Sneed or something, or is it all Mark Andrews? 
uh, is Hayden Hurst get involved? Because uh, that was my big thing with the tight ends there is it's like, well, yeah, Mark Andrews is probably the number one tight end. But, um, you know, last year it was split up between Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst and, and Nick Boyle. It was like, is it going to be that kind of mess again? So if it's two weeks of Mark Andrews producing, lock and load Mark Andrews top 10 uh, tight end. Um, but Justice Hill, like I said, seven seven rushes, 27 yards. Uh, he might not quite have the standalone value we thought he did because um, Mark Ingram balled all out last week. Uh, 107 rushing yards, uh, two touchdowns, um, just was all over the place. No receptions, though, which is interesting because they didn't need to throw to the running back. So uh, that's what I'm looking for for Baltimore. You guys got anything different for Baltimore you want to talk about? Just yeah. crush. How, how many how many touchdowns is Lamar Jackson going to throw for? Ah, three. 17. I think he's going to throw for three. Oh, actually, I would put him at three touchdowns overall. He might throw for two and run for one. 1,003. Thanks for the serious answers, Evan. Appreciate it. <laughs> we'll average it. 501.5. All right. Yeah, I'll meet you halfway. Um, so for the other side, for the Cardinals, um, I'm hoping and praying that they have this game look more like their second half from last week where they scored 21 points um, in the second and th- or in the third and fourth quarters and 24 if you count OT um, after being disastrous to start the, the season, the despair raid, people called it. Um, I want to see Christian Kirk catch more catches or catch more targets this week. He, <laughs> he cut four of 12 targets for 28 yards like that was bad. I want to see if Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson. Wow. Not even close. Larry Fitzgerald, if Larry Fitzgerald can continue to ball ball out, he had uh, two like 40 yard passes that he, which is something he hasn't had in a long time. Um, and I want to see what David Johnson does. And and Mike, you had a question for me before the show about David Johnson. I was curious. We can talk about it here. We're going to talk about it during the Niners. But uh, what was your question about David Johnson this week? Okay, so we know that the Baltimore defense is. Uh, Unruly bunch. I mean, they they are really stacked and can are going to shut down the run. They also can blitz and get after the quarterback. And as we saw with the Oakland Raiders, when they blitzed the heck out of Kyler Murray, that whole offense is shut down. So uh, I have David Johnson, but I also have the king of Sting, Raheem Mostar, and they're going up against the the pathetic defense of the Cincinnati Bengals. So, I'm going, okay, it's, it's, not, it's not a favorable thing and, you know, um, always start your starters and thing. But uh, logically, dude, I don't see the point in starting a David Johnson that's going to just get hammered and not do anything against Raheem Mostart, who, whenever he's on the field, is producing like crazy. So, do you really just stick with your starters anyways? Or do you go with a great matchup, and that's what Mostert has? Here's I'm, I'm going to reframe that question another way, okay? Am I going to bench my first-round pick in the second game of the season? I mean, that that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, it's a my, – my, my ethos, for better or for worse, is DSYS. Um, it's don't sit your studs. If, 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 if you took a guy in the first round, you took him for a reason, you don't look to get him out of your lineup. And I understand the, the Raheem Mostert thing, but you got to have a worse second running back than what do you think David Johnson's going to do this week? 
what do you mean? Like, who's, the, your second, who's your second running back? Is it PPR? What is it? it yes, PPR? it's a full-point PPR. Wow. David Johnson's going to get 10 catches for, like, 10 yards and beat Mostert on that alone. See, that's also that's kind of my feeling too. Is it's like if it's if it's a PPR thing, it's like he's gonna get Buku dump offs from from Kyler, uh, which will boost his floor. And um and and to the Bengals, um, I they only allowed like three yards per rush last week. I did, I haven't done the math, but it's somewhere in that ballpark. So, um, if we're talking against the Dolphins, we'd have a I think we'd have a, a serious conversation there. But I'm not really entertaining in week two. Uh, benching uh, David Johnson for uh, Raheem Mostert just because of that don't sit your studs mentality. Because, I mean, uh, last week, um, uh, David Johnson had, um, you know, 100, what is 130 yards and a touchdown, 137 it looks like. So, I mean, that that game is in the realm of possibility for David Johnson. I don't think it's in the realm of possibility for Raheem Mostert, who's in a part-time role. So that that's kind of my feelings on 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 on, on that. Why do you love 49ers backup guys so much, Mike? Do you just want to hurt Jeff? Because I can respect <laughs> that. I can respect that. Jeff <laughs> Wilson Jr. Mueller, here, yeah. Here, here, I'll do the Mike thing. Somebody mentioned Debo Samuel. Debo. Jalen Hurd. <laughs> just, just say the name of 49er backups to, to, to needle me. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I I feel about that David Johnson thing, and I wanted to get the my don't sit your studs diatribe out there because uh. We're in the Discord and we're getting a lot of questions uh, for people. And and one of the things we want to do is kind of empower you to make your own decisions. Um, if it's week two, week three, and you're looking at a, a guy like Mike, I don't want you to think that I'm picking on you here, but like uh, a guy you drafted in the first round, like you know, don't don't get, I guess for lack of a better term, don't get cute with it. Don't overthink it. You know what, Mike Evans has had two disastrous starts. In his first two games, and guess who's not coming out of my lineup at all in the next three, four weeks? It's Mike Evans. James I'm gonna take <laughs> Jameis Winston is off my rosters. He's gone. <laughs> he is gone. I I I saw the first half last night, and I was just like, drop, 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 drop. Dropped him like it's uh, a Brashad Perriman with a uh, Jameis Winston touchdown pass. Um, in so the it's early like odds. Oh, sorry. Go for it. In the early odds. Uh, the early 2000s, Yahoo used to run a column called Bench Your Stud, where they'd pick a guy who, who was picked highly and should be benched based on matchup. And they stopped it halfway through their second season because they had gotten it right zero times. <laughs> I, I think that succinctly puts my rambling together. Um, so uh, the range of possibilities for David Johnson are much better than the range for Raheem Mostert. So. I'm not recommending benching David Johnson for Raheem Mostert this week. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Mike, are you there? Are you with me? Are you uh, are, are, are are you frantically moving David Johnson back into your starting lineup? <laughs> along with Nick Mullins. Along uh, with I'm, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Mullins, baby. I'm 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 going to be right about Mostert, and I'm going to be right about Mullins, and I don't care about Jalen Hurd. All right, fair enough. Do you care about? Can I interest you in Garrett Selleck? Okay, now 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 I'm interested. Or Richie James Jr. Ooh, Richie James. Richie James. All right, neither here nor there. Next game up, Jacksonville Houston. Our last 10 a.m. game. The entire NFL is playing at 10 a.m. A 43 and a half point over under. Houston eight point favorites. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about the Gardner State snake going into his first start? 
Yeah, uh, I, I I like I like that the the snake. Now of course he'd be the third snake because um, I was thinking Kenny Stabler when I was tweeting you. Uh, oh, then, that's the snake. Yeah, that was the snake I was thinking of. And then you brought up a good point with Jake the Jake the snake plumber. I forgot all about that guy. So mm-hmm. the gardener, the gardener snake. Uh, I like him. Uh, he. He was someone that that was playing pretty well as far as preseason was going, and in the camps he was getting buzz. And of course, he he was never going to be the starter out out the gate because that's what Nick Foles was being brought over for. But if they were in sort of a competition, and if Jacksonville was just like, okay, we really don't have a quarterback, we're going to just throw you guys out there and see who see who the winner is. Minshew might have won that competition. Uh, he that that's the kind of buzz he was getting. And then he comes out uh, against the Chiefs and does really well. Uh, very accurate, um, poise, uh, you know, everything that you don't really would expect out of a six-round draft choice not named Tom Brady coming in into your onto your team. So not saying, of course, he's Tom Brady, but... Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, <laughs> Um, you know, I always hate to have to clarify that. I, I think that's like the <laughs> most annoying thing. It's it's almost like, like, like even when when uh, announcers do it, not th- not to say he's such and such, and it's like, yeah, no duh, but but you have to clarify it. So because there's so many people out there that are like, oh, you know. But anyways, um, you're saying that statuesque. Um, not to say he's Michelangelo's David, just to clarify. Yeah, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I think I here. Guys, I'm gonna make a blanket statement for all of us. If we mention he he has somebody's having a trait of an all-time player, know that we're not saying that he's that all-time player. I think we can we can leave that digression aside because I agree with you, Mike. It's so stupid. You it's know, so it's, stupid. it's it's ridiculous. So, anyways, next Tom Brady, Gardner Minshew. So, how what do you think about uh, the Jags and everything? Well, I, they they're of course their focus, their game plan is is Leonard Fournette, just like Derrick Henry is Tennessee. So. Uh, Fournette had a very solid game. He looks healthy. He looks really good. Uh, very much not like last year. Uh, so they're going to keep feeding him until, you know, he gets hurt. Uh, and then you, you're looking, also looking at, um, the pass rush of Houston against Houston's offensive line. They, the offensive line did not get better. Sorry, Laramie Tunsil, you, you did not help. Uh, they gave up six sacks. So you'd say they caught tonsillitis. Yeah, there you go. I like that. No, um, the, the best the best one I saw was you can't you can't spell turnstile without tonsil. I like that, too. <laughs> um, th- those both work. I like those. Uh, so uh, with with the turnstile um, and tonsillitis, they given up six sacks, which translates into, I think, like 95 over the year. So if they give up six sacks for 16 games, like 90 95 96 sacks over the year which you know it's probably not going to happen but it's really bad and that just shows you have how many really sacks uh six sacks are uh now i'm tongue twisting myself uh into uh what what that translates to so the interesting thing here also is that jacksonville's uh, pass rush was pretty much non-existent last week against kansas city uh, now, I don't know if that's because they weren't rushing and they were trying to play as many men back against that Chiefs offense um, or they just don't have a pass rush. So they they went without a without a sack that whole entire game. 
I didn't look at how often they they pressured Patrick Mahomes, but I'm probably sure that that wasn't very high, if at all, either. So can can what, what's worse, basically, is the pass rush or the offensive line of Houston. Uh, and then you also have to look at the wide receivers. And both are interesting as well because you have a plethora of wide receivers for Houston, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and even Kenny Stills. They're, those guys are the fly, high-flying action. They're, they're going to go deep. They're going to go in the middle. They're going to go everywhere. And so it's it's that kind of thing that, that I'm definitely looking forward to, how, how much offense that's going to bring. And then um, with Jacksonville – with Jacksonville, uh, it's it's definitely a, a situation where who's who is who? Uh, Chris Connolly. Uh, we know D.D. Westbrook is going to be great. Uh, DJ Shark. He he came out of nowhere. Uh, DJ Shark. Do 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 do. And so I'm I'm interested in seeing what, which number two receiver is going to step up. Is it going to be Chark or is it going to be Conley? And both of them had great games last week. So I'm interested to in see which one will definitely step forward. Yeah, um, I, I I mean, if you guys haven't seen uh, the play where Nick Foles got hurt last week, definitely check it out. It was a beautiful pass to DJ Chark. I kind of feel like it's going to be Chark um, just because the way that both uh, Foles and um, uh, Minshew targeted him. But it's definitely the one thing that I'm looking to see is like – which uh, which uh, wide receiver steps up here? And we all agree it's not going to be Marquise Lee, right? Yeah, Marcus Lee is is I I I, I asked him in my experts league, uh, and w- which I did. T- I'm going to brag a little bit. I did take down Andy Barnes. Uh, so yes, congratulations to me. Um, <laughs> and and uh, also uh, you know you know DJ Chark. He's he's a second round draft choice, which m- many people don't know. And yeah. so definitely to be a second round draft choice, you, you have to have the talent to to perform. So I agree with you. I, I think Chark is probably going to be the one that that outlasts uh, the the competition between him and Conley. Yeah, it was with Chark. It was one of those things where I think his hands were a detriment to him, and he seems to have at least through week one. I mean, his touchdown catch was amazing. It was a great throw. It was an even better catch in the corner of the end zone. Um, so if he fixes that, then yeah, you should have some good value there. And he might. I mean. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, he might challenge um, Didi Restbrook to be the guy to own there in um, Jacksonville. Evan, you got anything to add to this one? No. No, sir. So, all right. We will go ahead and move on to the next game on the docket, which is going to be Kansas City and Oakland. Evan, your Raiders are seven-point underdogs, but it's got a 53.5-point over-under. Kansas City, Oakland. Perfect season. What are we looking for here in this one? I'm guessing it's for you to apologize to me for Josh Jacobs. This is a a great showdown of teams which have the rare dual running backs, uh, thunder and lightning, if you will. Uh, Kansas City has the speed of Barry Word and the the between-the-tackles force of Christian O'Coy, whereas Oakland has future Hall of Famers Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson. So really what I'm looking for is can quarterback Jay Schrader organize a game plan to overcome their biggest rival? Yeah, all right, no, all right, right now. All right, nice bit. Now let's do the real thing. Look, man, I only get two more days in this undefeated bubble. Let me just imagine my own reality as a Raiders fan. 
What five. year was that? Fine. It was it was 91. 91. Josh <laughs> Jacobs will be good. Okay, we already knew that. Can Tyrell continue to establish the wide receiver of one role? I guess kind of maybe I care. Uh, Waller, is it going to be the safety valve, uh, the tight end safety valve that Carr relies on, which made perpetual disappointment Jared Cook a great fantasy play in 2018? Uh, those are the things I'm watching for because uh, Tyrell and Waller are still on some waiver wires. Still on some waiver wires. And people who aren't starting Josh Jacobs, I did. I, Jeff, did I ever say Josh Jacobs wouldn't be good? Yes, sir. I oh, will, man, I I will, I will ask you to volume. bring up our draft coverage where you were so mad at them drafting Josh Jacobs in oh, no offensive okay. linemen. Sure, that's from a team perspective, not a fantasy perspective. Well, I I won't get into it. I said he was going to be a top 24 running back. He said there was no way he could do it with an offensive line like that. Well, then I was totally wrong. Thank you. All right, there. that's this has that's been our show, ladies and gentlemen. Since. The only reason I stayed with the website since the draft was to get Evan to admit he was wrong. So it's all done. Shut it down. I'm out. See you guys That's later. That's the best part about being a pessimist is when I'm wrong, it means something good happened. You know? <laughs> For Kansas City, I'm only watching this to see if McCoy continues to outshadow Damian Williams. My mind is made up. I just need everybody else's mind to get made up about this here. So I'm, I'm really not learning to watch it very much. I guess can Sammy Watkins continue to dominate is a question that I could answer. But the answer has always been, yeah, until his legs break in 17 places. So there's I, not – yeah, what do you got? Oh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, wide receiver two. We talked about it earlier, Robinson versus Hardman. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. That's something that I'm looking for for KC. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and to all you Damian Williams truthers, stop saying, oh, he got six targets. When your second-round pick gets bailed out by, oh, he or he got six catches because he went 13 for 26 on the ground, like, get out of here. You're That's how you're justifying your second-round pick was he went 13 for 26, but he had six catches and he got a touchdown. You got bailed out by those six, those six catches and that touchdown. I'm sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Can't, I'm, I'm can't build on that, honestly. You preach it. I'm not sorry. And that is going to be the most fancy points that uh, Damian Williams scores in a game this year. Next game, Chicago at Denver. It is a 125 start. It's the battle of uh, Waleed versus we don't have anybody in Denver. Uh, 40 point over under. Chicago, two and a half point favorites. Um, this is what I'm looking for. Is Denver going to be a dumpster fire? They look, Joe Flacco looked all out of sorts last week against the Raiders. And as Evan can attest to, the Raiders aren't that good on defense, right? Life is like the bubonic plague, and I am a wheelbarrow full of dead people. Go Raiders. So I think that's a no. Um, but, uh, yeah, Joe Flacco looked all out of sorts last week. He kind of threw the ball all over the place. He got bailed out by a great catch from, um, Emmanuel Sanders um, and some great plays by Cortland Sutton as well um, to kind of make his line look better than it should have. But um, he doesn't look like the same run quarterback as he was before his back injury last season. So I'm wondering if that might have slowed him down. And uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, like a, uh, he's working his way back. It's his first real game action since hurting his back. So we'll see. I want to see how that goes with Joe Flacco. Um, I also want to see what the target share looks like because last week it was Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders uh, splitting 15 targets, uh, which they were both really good with their targets. I mean, um, seven for or five for 86 for uh, Manny Sanders with the touchdown and Cortland Sutton 120 yards on seven catches. So you're happy with both of those performances, despite Joe Flacco looking like trash. 
much like Mike is desperately hoping for an injury for one of his Colts uh, tight ends, I'm desperately hoping for um, Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman, one of them, to get abducted by aliens um, so that they stop splitting touches. Because uh, last week it was uh, 10 carries for Freeman, 11 carries for Lindsay. Uh, one target for Freeman, six targets for Lindsay, which, you know, if you started him in a PPR league that kind of saved your hide, uh, Damian Williams style, because he did end up with, you know, 66 yards and four catches. It's like, you don't want that from your running back, you know, the 10 points, but you'll take it. And so I'm hoping that um, uh, they sort that out or if one of them, you know, wins a billion dollars and quits the NFL. That That's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, for Chicago, um we need to see if uh, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be worth his weight in, in salt. Um, if he's going to be worth his salt. Uh, we need to see if the Chicago offense can bounce back. Can Mitchell Trubisky throw left? Which is a meme, but um, it, if it's one of those things that you're like, oh, come on. He's an NFL quarterback. He can throw left. And then when you're looking for it, you're like, oh, oh, Mitchell Trubisky cannot throw left. So he's like the Zoolander of quarterbacks where he can't go left. Um, also looking to see if he can throw to wide receiver who isn't Allen Robinson. Because uh, last week, I don't know if you guys really know this, but um, Allen Robinson, uh, he obviously led the team in targets because I was talking about it, but he had 13 targets, okay? Um, the number two guy in targets was Treat Cohen, running back. Number three, Mike Davis, running back. Number four, Taylor Gabriel, five targets. Anthony Miller had one. Adam Sheehan had two. He's a He's a tight end. So I need to see if he's thrown to a wide receiver that's not Allen Robinson because if he's not – my Anthony Miller shares are kind of a waste. And Miller was hurt last week, so we'll see um, how that happens or this week. We'll see if he's still uh, a banged up. So, um, And I'm also looking for Mike Davis to get planted firmly on the bench in favor of uh, David Montgomery, who um, looked way better last week than Mike Davis. He looked so much better than Mike Davis. Um, I mean, all you need to know, Mike Davis had six catches for 17 yards. David Montgomery had one for 27. And it was a beauty of a catch, too, if you didn't see it. It was like a legit big boy catch. It wasn't like a, a cheapie. So they need to phase out Mike Davis, and and uh, we need to uh, get David uh, Montgomery some, some more touches. So uh, anything you guys want to add for, um, for, uh, for uh, Denver, Denver and, and the Bears? Bears? Yeah, you know, well, my question is, do you think that Montgomery's not getting the volume because of he's a rookie and they just want to sort of try him out like what they're going to do with Devin Singletary, you know, three or four games of moderate cap touches and then let him loose? Or do you think it's some some other reason? Because to me, it doesn't really make much sense that Mike Davis is involved at all. I think it's because they spent money on Mike Davis before they got Devin Singletary or David Montgomery. See, you brought up Singletary. You made me do the number one thing I kept doing all year was getting D David Singletary and Devin. Uh, oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only God. one. I'm yeah, so glad okay. I'm not the only one who did that. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway. I, I did that last week and totally dropped uh, Montgomery's name out, out of my head. Also, are they going to keep? Are they going to keep using Mike Davis? Should be our motto on our site. Failful absurdity. Are they going to keep using Mike Davis? Question mark. I'm. Uh, he's the new Christine Michael, but um, or Kristen Michael. But um, I think uh, Mike. I they spent a lot of money relatively on Mike Davis, and I think they wanted to. I don't know if justify it, but I think they had a role for him in mind. But they forgot the cardinal rule of football absurdity, the, <laughs> which Evan just established, which is Mike Davis sucks. So that's that's the thing is I think that they were like, OK, so this is what we're going to do. I think it's a lot like the um, 
Alvin Kamara situation a couple of years ago with Adrian Peterson. They're like, all right, so we got this Alvin Kamara guy. He's amazing. But we brought in Adrian Peterson for a reason. I think they said that to themselves that, okay, we brought Mike Davis in for a reason. Let's use him. And then I have a feeling they went, oh, okay. Um, David Montgomery needs the ball in his hands more. Because if uh, Mike Davis outtouches David Montgomery again this week, there's going to be mayhem. There's going to be pandemonium if, if David Montgomery only gets seven touches again this week. So, all right. Next game. We're getting to the end, boys. It's the last one o'clock game. New Orleans at the Raiders. 52 and a half point over under. That's a big boy over under. Raiders, or sorry, uh, Rams. Did I say Raiders before? Oh, boy. The Rams are two point favorites. Mike, what are you looking for in this one? So, basically, you, you have to go back to last season and the NFC Championship game. And that's, that's pretty much where the mindset of, I think, a lot of these players, especially on the Saints, is going to come from when, you know, it depends on what you want to believe, uh, how, how that game played out with the very obvious blown call. Um, did they lose the game because of it? Uh, you know, that that's up to debate. But I think a lot of a lot of revenge is going to be on the Saints' minds, and it's going to be how how well can the these Rams um, stop the big three uh, on offense, and that's Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. And if they can contain those explosive guys, then I, th- I think they'll have a shot. Now with with the Saints, it's it's going to be who's going to get the most carries? Is it going to be Todd Gurley, Ma- uh, Malcolm Brown, which is kind of crazy to say or even think about because of how great Todd Gurley is and how great he looked. But Malcolm Brown was the guy that got the carries down inside the 10. Uh, I, Gurley, I don't think, got one single carry inside the 10, and it was Brown who scored the touchdown. So, But I don't see that continuing just because they're – dishing out a whole lot more money to Gurley than they are Brown. So all it takes is a little complaining, and I'm sure Gurley complained a little bit. So when it gets down there, we'll we'll definitely see what happens. Um, I'm interested to see how that works out. It should be fun. And then um, the other thing is, is as much as the Saints are focused just on three players, I mean, Latavius Murray has a role, but it's really those three guys. The Rams are are spread. Uh, obviously, you have both Brown and Gurley, but then you have the wide receivers. Cup is probably their main guy. Then you have Woods, and you have Cooks, and even um, Higby was involved quite a bit. I think he even caught a touchdown. So the Rams are going to be spreading the ball around, and can the Saints sort of pick out which which guy is going to be the hev- the most heavily targeted outside Cooper Cup? Yeah, the thing with uh, Todd Gurley is, yeah, he got pulled out in the 10 zone. And if he's going to get pulled out in the 10 zone every week, that's what that's like the number one thing I'm looking for in this game is if the, how they use Todd Gurley in this game after how they used him last game. Because he did put two on the ground. He was looking rusty. But then uh, his fresh legs uh, towards the end of the game uh, did kind of did kind of save the guys who started him. But Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson getting all the 10 zone touches is um, concerning, to say the least. And then uh, what about uh, and and I have a question, Mike. Did some did something happen to the Saints in the playoffs last year that they haven't shut up about since then? Because I'm not. Sure <laughs> that. 
Yeah, you, you know, it was just one of those, you know, mishaps. It was a very, very close call that, uh, you know, quarterback just uh, trucked the wide receiver. Um, and there was no call for some, I don't know, weird reasons that 15 officials on the field couldn't, couldn't see. It's rigged. So, yeah, that, that was pretty much what, what fired fired that whole – I mean, it, it's, it's funny, too, because – the Saints, if you guys saw the game, you, I mean, everybody out there uh, saw the, the Saints game last last week. Uh, there was a lot of people dressed up in uniforms, uh, and those uniforms were referee uniforms. So they, they haven't forgotten, at least the fans haven't. Yeah, um, and that's why we have the dumb uh, replay uh, pass interference rule now, which that's got to be gone. I'm sorry, that's got to be gone after this year. This That's such a dumb overcorrection. There needs to be a a, 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 a a ref in the booth that says, no, 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 no. You missed that obvious call. Run it back. That's what it needs to be. None of this, oh, I want to uh, challenge this for pass interference. Because if you're hand fighting down the field, I guarantee you'll see something that's pass interference. One way or the other. So it's a stupid rule. Stupid yeah, it should rule. not be in the coach's hands at all. It, it really should be, uh, I think you're right, should be someone up in the booth that's the beneficial or... Uh, it works in with the capacity uh, of officiating and makes a decision on um, sort of like how they do with the two minute warning. You know, um, it's up when the, that two minute warning hits, then it's up to the official to make that call on a replay. And I think they should use that for pass interference as well. Yeah, that's that's not a bad call. So, uh, Evan, you got anything to add to this one? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you really sure? No. All right. Philadelphia at Atlanta. Sunday night football. Another big boy over under 52 and a half points. Philly two point favorites. Evan, I'm guessing you're 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 really looking at uh, in this one. You're looking at uh, Brian Hill. If he gets more touches than uh, Darren Sproles. I think that's what you're looking for in this one. Right. Always. The other thing I'm looking at Eagles is or sorry, Atlanta. Nope, let's start with the Eagles, actually. Let's start with the Eagles. You going to work Miles Sanders in more? He backed up Saquon Barkley at Penn State and looked amazing. Stop acting like the Bears made a mistake by trading Jordan Howard for, like, nothing. The guy's not <laughs> yeah. good anymore. What's going on? Is that going to happen this game? Uh, also, is this passing game going to build off the momentum of the second half of last week when they did great? Or are they going to start slowly making fantasy owners super nervous again? Well, Fantasy owners who actually own Wentz and the other Eagles, I say, with a smidge of smugness in my voice. Uh, that's what I'm looking for on the Philadelphia side. Atlanta, Atlanta, stop pooping. Seriously, plug it up there and get the offense that you are on paper. I want two touchdowns from Matt Ryan, both going to some combination of Julio, Ridley, and Hooper. I want Devonta Freeman to get at least 100 all-purpose yards. This needs to happen. Uh, show, show us that last week was just a run-in with the fierce horns of the Viking hats of Minnesota, piercing your line like a wall of pikes stopped the horses in Braveheart. Okay, get it together. Or I've got a lot of fancy junk I've got to figure out what to do with. I can't handle that. That's what I'm looking for at Atlanta. Get it together. Yeah, I uh I'm uh not not super worried about the Falcons. I think I think Except that yeah, last week was are. was a buzzsaw. I wanna be where you are. Good. Good. You want, 
You want to be where I am? I want to feel more confident. Like, oh, I've got so many pieces of junk if they don't come through this week. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Anything else you want to add to that one? Uh, you 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 kind of put it all, it together. all together. Yeah, yeah not too not much to watch for other than Atlanta's offense as a whole. Can you get it together? And Philadelphia, Miles Sanders, what is going on? Yeah. So, all right. Last game of the week. The game that uh, uh, suddenly turned into a, a poop fest uh, with uh, uh, Sam Darnold getting a disease for 16-year-olds. Um, that's – I mean, mono is the kissing disease, but as you know, you guys outlined earlier, it is very serious. But it's still a very – Weird and silly thing for him to get, like chicken pox, you know, as an adult. Very weird. Uh, but anyways, Cleveland at the Jets. Um, it's a 5:15 start on Monday Night Football. 44 and a half point over under. Cleveland, uh, six and a half point favorite. That's what it was. It's off the board. It's off the board with the uh, with the Sam Darnold news. They are not taking any bets on this game in in Vegas. So um, so Mike, you got the last game on this on this one. What are you looking for? Yeah, so uh, really, what what the hell is going on with Baker Mayfield? That um, not you know, uh, I, I I don't don't know that that was a really bad. He he three interceptions. Uh, they all happened in the fourth quarter. So you could say a couple things like maybe he was pressing. Um, that that whole offense looked uh, very out of touch. In fact, the whole team was out of touch. They. They had 182 yards in penalties, uh, 18 total. So that needs to get checked. Uh, very undisciplined uh, offense and defense. Uh, the bright spot, I think, with, with the Cleveland Browns was Nick Chubb. Uh, he, he was pretty awesome. 75 yards on 17 carries. Uh, didn't get in the end zone, but, you know, that's coming soon. And... Can the Jets uh, stop the run? Because they got pretty much trampled on by the Bills last week. We we saw uh, Devin Singletary and Josh Allen and Frank Gore and all those guys pretty much have a have a nice day against that Jets defense. Uh, the the thing also is we talked about with with the mono. Um, How is that quarterback situation going to come out with Trevor Simeon? Can he just be serviceable? I mean, there's a lot, there's been a lot of games that Simeon has played where he's actually looked pretty good. Like he could be one of the 32 guys that started the game. Um, uh, rest of the time, Simeon has looked like he needs to be the 64th quarterback ranked. Uh, so he's either going to be serviceable or he's going to be just bad. We don't know which one that's going to be. And, if the Browns start 0-2 and lose to the Tennessee Titans and the New York Jets back-to-back games, I'm I really, really going to be concerned about how that is going to be played out the rest of the season because now you're starting to, to trip over um, a lot of teams that are better than what their record are. You get, get stuck in, in winning a lot of games, and a lot of teams that are worse than a record start losing a lot of games, you know, so... I meant that in reverse. Um, they, <laughs> they, they, as you'll see, you'll you'll see like a, a poor team, and they make the playoffs, uh, and that's because they get they get on this winning streak, and they they just win, and then you see these good teams start losing all these games all of a sudden, and it's it's because it's like quicksand. They they just 
they once they start, they just sink. Or if they start good, then then they just swim. So it's like Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. Exactly. And uh, and I'm wondering if the Cleveland Browns, if they lose this next game to the to the Jets after losing the Titans, are are they going to start uh, being in quicksand and 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 sort of just choke themselves? I don't think I don't think we have to worry about that <laughs> with with, you know, uh, everything that's going on with the Jets. You know, they're I mean, their wide receiver, too, was on the has been on the team for like four days. So I I, I understand where you're coming from. But like, whew, it's going to be dark days ahead for the for the Browns if that comes to pass. Like, who yeah, exactly. That, that'll be R.U.F.F. rough. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anything else you want to add for this one, Mike, before we move on to DFS? Um, no, I, I, I think that as long as uh, uh, Odell Beckham wears his $250,000 watch on the field every <laughs> week, everything is going to be working clockwork. Hey, I see what you did there. All right, boys. All right. So we're done with the games. Now we got to get our DFS lineups in, our daily fantasy sports. Now, uh, we are brought to you by Draft.com, but because Evan literally cannot use the the, the daily fantasy client in uh, Washington, we have to do spreadsheet FanDuel because it's a lot easier for us to for us to do. Um, so, um, Mike, you have the results from last week? Because what we decided we're going to do, I think, is we're going to do a... a, a, a Olympic style gold, silver, and bronze. And at the end of the season, we'll see who takes the, uh, takes the victory. So, um, you know what? I don't remember who won last week going away by like 20, by like 20 points. Yeah. Some, some, some 49er fan freak. I don't know who the heck that is, but, uh, some guy, he, he, he not only won, but he, he pretty much squashed, uh, the, the two of us. Congratulations. Nice job. Yeah. And can I tell you guys, that uh, uh, since I don't want to have to add this stuff ma- um, up manually, I uh, put that in FanDuel, and FanDuel paid me 80 cents to keep track of that lineup for me. So literal win-win for me last week. <laughs> nice. Well done. Yeah. You're making the system work for you. I know. So uh, so this week, um, we'll run through them again like we did last week. Just uh, player price. Mike, did I come in last? No. I can't. Shut up. Really? Yes. Wow, was it? It must have been close because I did bad. It, it was. It was a six-point difference. Wow. Wow. All right. Um. So so run that back again. Who was first, second, and third? Okay. So <laughs> second place was Evan, and uh, with 118.12 points, I was third. Uh, boo. 112, and Jeff kicked us all. 149.46 points. I'm a Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Evan Ingram trio was pretty special. Woo-wee. All right. That's so, uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Uh, who is your DFS lineup this week? And uh, uh, maybe just the sentence on uh, or a few words on why you picked each guy. Okay. So my quarterback, uh, Tom Brady versus Miami. 7,800 Tom Brady versus Miami is my sentence. Yeah, um, that's, that, that's your reasoning. Uh, Mark Ingram versus Arizona, 7,500. That's my sentence. Um, carry on Johnson versus Detroit. Well, no, that's not right. <laughs> that would be very Kerry interesting. Johnson versus his coaches at Detroit. Yeah. Really what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, 
I don't know who they're playing. I don't know why I wrote Detroit, but they're obviously not playing Detroit. They're and playing the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. Oh, the Chargers. Okay, so the reason why uh, on Johnson against the Chargers is because I saw pretty much how we discussed. I saw Marlon Mack uh, clone on Johnson, pretty much similar type of backs, just destroy that that rush defense against San Diego. So I'm I'm pretty much thinking the same thing for on Johnson. Uh, six sixty six hundred, and then Adam Thielen versus the Packers, seven thousand three hundred. I think as long as Stephen Diggs or Stephon Diggs, however you want to call his name, is is hurt or dinged up, then it's going to be the Adam Thielen show. Hopefully they'll throw more than ten passes. Maybe they'll throw twelve, and both of those go <laughs> to Thielen. Who knows, right? Um, and then Tyler Boyd versus the Forty ers you know, it's the 49ers. So, you know, at 6,300, why not? You know, I, plus I, I, I kind of like John Ross, I think. And that's probably what Tyler Boyd is, is going to hitch himself to is as long as John Ross is doing well, then Tyler Boyd is probably going to do well himself. So at that price range, I, I kind of like it. And then the third wide receiver, Michael Gallup, uh, Redskins, that pretty much speaks for itself. Sixty-two hundred plus the price. I like I like Gallup at sixty-two hundred. I think I think that's definitely worth something. Um, obviously, Boyd and Gallup are, are downfield threats, so it's either going to be a boom or bust for me in those in those uh, situations, and that's why they're pretty cheap is because they're a boom or a bust. And then T.J. Hawkinson, uh, six thousand. Super cheap, ridiculously Super cheap. cheap. Yeah, yeah, totally cheap, and that's why I picked him. And plus, he's he's a spectacular tight end. Even after one game of a rookie year, I think he's just going to be spectacular. Leonard Fournette, uh, as we talked, uh, that that defense can't stop really uh, the run game very well. And at sixty nine hundred, I like that price. And then of course the defense. Patriots against Miami, and we, we all seen the Miami Dolphins offense and know that it's pretty much non-existent. So, there all right, you, you want to run that down top to bottom real quick again, just the names, so that absolutely, we can get... absolutely. So Tom Brady, Mark Ingram, Carryon Johnson, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, T.J. Haw- Haw- Hawkinson, Leonard Fournette, and Patriots defense. Wow. All right, Evan, you want to run down your guys? Maybe skip the prices. Uh, so in the interest of time, you want to run down your I guys can real do quick? The prices. I just I can do it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna win this week. Get over it. I have to see the prices because otherwise you won't believe how good my lineup is and that it adds up to sixty thousand dollars. Quarterback <laughs> again. I have Tom Brady against Miami for seventy eight hundred. Enough said. Running back Ezekiel Elliott eighty five hundred dollars. What are you going to do with the number two guy? Well, you can pair him with the number one guy. Running back, Saquon Barkley, $9,200. So now I have to wrap up my wide receivers here. Got to round it out with some Sammy Watkins for $7,400. Michael Gallup for $6,200. McLaurin on Washington for $5,300. What? That's crazy. Uh, Delaney Walker, give me that even Steven for $5,900. And the flex, the key to it all. The reason why I could put together such an amazing lineup is Adrian Peterson for only $4,800. Then round it out with the defense, like Mike said, the Patriots for $4,900. That's what I got. Brady, Ezekiel, Saquon, Sammy Watkins, Michael Gallup, McLaurin, Delaney Walker, Adrian Peterson, and the Patriots defense. 
Evan, I, uh, I, I, I hate to burst your bubble, um, but uh, the early results are in, and my lineup's going to blow yours out of the water. No, not this week. Maybe every uh, other week, honestly, uh, but not this one. All right, I went chalk. Tom Brady, quarterback, seven eight hundred bucks. Tom, like like Mike said, that Tom Brady versus Miami. That's my sentence. Uh, Alvin Kamara, eighty seven hundred dollars. Dude's a beast. Austin Eckler, only seventy five hundred bucks uh, against the Detroit team that lit um, uh, David Johnson get one hundred thirty yards and a touchdown last week. And like I said, uh, the running backs get twenty seven percent target share uh, without Hunter Henry. Then I went bounce back game. Robert Woods, baby, keep it roll uh, for seventy three hundred dollars against the Saints. Uh, John Brown, keep it rolling against the Giants for 6300 bucks. Sammy Watkins, 7400 bucks. Keep it rolling. The Waller Russ, which is a really bad nickname, but the fancy footballers coined it. Darren Waller, 5400 bucks. So I I, uh, I went a little uh, dumpster diving there. Evan, you, me, and AP, 4800 bucks in my flex. And I that was went, such a fine. I had to scroll and scroll and I scroll. know. You kept scrolling, kept scrolling. I was like, oh, my God, 4800 bucks for AP? Perfect. And then I went a different defense for, for from you guys. I went with Waleed's own Chicago Bears against the uh, the the uh, Denver Broncos. That's how I was able to fit uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, Sammy Watkins, and um, uh, Austin Eckler all into all into my lineup. So again, that's Brady, Kamara, Eckler, Woods, Brown, John Brown, Sammy Watkins, Darren Waller, dumpster diving a little bit there at 5400, AP, and the Chicago Bears for 4500. So um, I will next week we can just cut it short. You guys will know I'll be in first place again. And then we'll talk about, uh, you know, what's going on behind me after this. So. All right. All right, gentlemen. I think we that's another one in the books. It's another uh, uh, week, another week preview in the books. Anything you guys want to add before we take off today? I love you all. There's uh, a. I don't love anybody. Oh, sorry. I was talking to my kids. Oh. <laughs> There's a there's a great sign off. I don't know if I've mentioned it. It's um, uh, Robert Evans on the Behind the Bastards podcast. He used to say, "Statistically, I love forty percent of you." So I'll meet you guys in the middle and say, "Statistically, I love forty percent of you." Grandpa Shark, do 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 Grandpa Shark. Let's go. Home.